Never. Never. I don't, I've never. This is. I, I've never drunk uh, Iron Brew. Never drunk Iron how, Brew. How does that work? That's shocking. I know. For being just yeah. just out of choice now. Or is it just? No, I had a I, I had a bad experience when I was a kid. I would buy a coke. I like. I was expecting. My child brain was expecting just like water, and I took drunk the coke. Oh, that's and, and that that fizziness. Like I, I didn't expect it, and I just went. Oh no! Never again. So never drunk coke after that. Never drunk any fizzy drinks. Uh, I used to. I would have it when when I hit like drinking age, mm-hmm. which is like fourteen. Uh, yeah, with really. vodka, with vodka, that's <laughs> fine because you're getting drunk and you don't it really it flattens it out. Yeah, it totally. Yeah. But yeah, so because of that, no, no fizzy drinks. I had drinks. that same experience with red wine. You thought it was water? No, when I was younger, it was on holiday. <laughs> it was on holiday in the south of France, my mum and dad, and that, and like it was on a campsite. Yeah, but there was like a. A bar thing in the middle that had like a small supermarket and a stage and shit for entertainment. And I was running about with my pals. I must have been six or seven, and I just went sprinting up to the table and oh. grabbed what I thought was my glass of coke. Oh. But because they had like they just somebody just poured red wine for one of like the weird shaped bottles. I can't remember what the fuck they're called. No, you kind of like when you're abroad, you get them in the sort of the vase shaped bottles. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just fucking tanned this back. What I thought was coke. A carafe. A carafe. Yeah. Yes. Well yeah. Took me a sec. Yeah. yeah I knew. <laughs> but I, I just tanned this drink back, thinking it was coke, red wine. <laughs> like nah. So I've never. I, I do enjoy a vino now, but I'm not a red guy. Mm-hmm. Too vinegary. But I reckon that's just the price range of wine that I'm going for. That could be that. That's yeah. probably. I'm not going past five pound. <laughs> You can get a good bottle of red wine for a fiver, stuff that's on deal. I was going to say, yeah, yeah you find a nine, ten pound stuff. Maybe I'll need, to, I'll need to somebody to recommend me a bottle and I'll maybe get a wee bash. You should just read the labels. Like A lot of the labels now sort of tell you what the wine's... Tasting notes and shit yeah, like that. Well, yeah, well, what it's best to drink with maybe would be fish. I think I should tell I did try some more red wine. It was at Tea in the Park with, uh, with Matt. And he had a carton ah, yeah. of Tesco value. <laughs> it was. I came. It was like an orange juice carton, but it just had red wine printed on the side of it. And he had about nine cartons of this for this weekend. The team. You're cutting about going. You got any scissors? What? Why do you scissors? <laughs> Imagine you get the call from the school. Just kind of like Riley's been to school with a pack lunch. He had red wine in there. Ah, I was right, again right next to the black cunt one. I can't be. Yeah, you're trying to guy. get. You're trying to get Stephen on Capri Sun. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's not working. Riley's absolutely minced at work. I Let's go. <laughs> drinking at my mum and dad's house and we'd run out of booze so we ended up drinking Baileys and milk because <laughs> there was only two things we had in the house that would go together I told the story a while ago but um, back when my parents first moved into the house that I grew up in the guy before them just had a bar just left it so when I turned of age 14, 15 yeah. um, I just started raiding, raiding it and then toward the end of it when I got low on, on stash there was just a bottle of Kahlua there. So I didn't know what to do with Kahlua. Oh, so I, I remember going to like a block party and just drinking Kahlua straight from the uh, bottle. And people looking at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. I'd done that with a bottle of Cavossier. Oh, no. That was a bad evening. That's that a bad a night. bad, bad evening. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Seems like a, that's a fairly decent amount of pramble. There you go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Perth's premier podcast, Monkey Sword Fight, yeah. with me, your host, Jordan Patrick, El Regreso. El Regreso. And my co-host, Mr. Michael Dodge, Thick King, Pod Daddy. Pod Daddy, El Grande Nippers. El Grande Nippers. The Big Nipper, <laughs> Cons Man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Word with dots. Yeah. This one is um, shout out to Gals and Monroe. Blue Steel. I saw him the other day when I was driving and screaming out the window, and he must get it a lot because he paid me no attention. <laughs> they might, they, everyone must go by and say, hey, Gary. He was just like, no, no, no. Wait, but can I just nip that as well? Like, I'll nip that because I want to put this out there. Stop waving <laughs> or beeping at me from your car. <laughs> Oh, but, okay. No, but no, just in general, right? Because if I've not got my specs on and you're going 30 mile an hour, I don't know who the fuck you are. Yeah. And then I'm just like, who was that? That's going to annoy me because I don't know who it is. Because then the next time you see them, people are never like, oh, you passed the other day. It's like, that was you. I just give a passionate, like like um, a presidential candidate, a strong wave in the air like that, and a thumbs oh. up and a point. And that's what I do. This no is for what. you. <laughs> Someone's just beeping at me to get out of the road. Like, get out of the road. I'm like, all right, hey. Uh, we're with dots. Yes. People with good intentions make promises. People with good character, keep them. Gaza Monroe. That's deep. Gaza Monroe. Sounds that's like you had your heart sin. broken there by somebody, man. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> Andy Mack on the ones and twos, as per usual. What's happening? And we are joined this week by a singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, Chris Small. How are you, mate? Very good, how are you? Excellent, man. Thank you very much for agreeing to be here. Not at all. I will, again, apologise for the lack of professionalism that we realised last night that we had not approached anyone from our list of guests. <laughs> <laughs> it was really because we like we have to record two episodes this week because I'm away with work next week. And <laughs> last night we're like, go fuck all guests. <laughs> <laughs> you made up for it with the water, though. Yeah, well, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, Andy yeah, yeah, yeah. stepping up the, the worst game. Yeah. Do we have an ad for this one? I'm not going to... For our listeners here, just Andy Mack's looking smug. Like, because he he killed the game. (laughs) Because I know how to host a podcast. (laughs) Oh, hey. Uh, Yeah, so we will shout out to this week's sponsor. Yes. Stevie Mack's Skate School. Yeah. He just sent me a... Because I I posted the board, the whiteboard of the rundown, and I wrote Stevie Mack question mark because I didn't know if it had run out or not. (laughs) So he wrote. So he just posted back like Stevie Mac. So that's what it was. Stevie Mac Skate School. Stevie Mac. <laughs> Get in touch with Stevie Mac Skate School on Facebook. All ages and abilities are catered for. Get your child into something new. Do it. Patreons. Patrons. We're gonna live on the wild side again. I'm gonna start from the bottom of the list this time. Oof, How you guys man. like that? Bad man. <laughs> Chaos. Keep the police out of here. All right, Steven Tosh. Big Stosh. Big Stosh, yeah. Roddy Bader, Ralphie Rogs. <laughs> Can I just, I just, I seen, I see Roddy at work all the time. Yeah. And the other day I was coming in, I'd went out for a fag, I was going to have a really stressful morning, wasn't he thinking straight? As well, passed me, all right, Jordan, I went, hot rod. <laughs> in the middle of the thing, I don't know if he heard me, but I was just like, should I say that? <laughs> he doesn't go by hot rod in the doors of that place, uh, behind the doors of that place. Ralphie Roggs. Ralphie. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hey, Rachel. Uh, Nate Black, <laughs> Ian Shepard, Fraser Riffy. Reeve Dog. Happy anniversary. Oh, yeah, I saw that today. Yeah, happy anniversary. Lovely wife, Ashley. So, happy anniversary to everyone at Reeve Print. Yeah. Uh, Davey Forrett, Danielle Miller, our newest patron, patronizer. Uh, <laughs> Craig McCaffrey, Chopsticks. Craig, Craig McCaffrey. Craig, <laughs> not Craig. 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 Fuck you guys, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> chopsticks. I know how to say that one right. <laughs> chopsticks 69. Hi-yo. Callum McLaughlin, Andy Henderson, and Allie Cook. Allie, this is, we're going to go right into feedback. Uh, right. Allie 
pulled me up on saying sword instead of sword because I, I said the the W last week. Did you? I, I was just trying to be posh. I said. I so. noticed how, like I you were the only stopped. one that wasn't. <laughs> you were the only <laughs> one that wasn't <laughs> drinking last week, and you're the one who's getting pulled up for slurring. For, for slurring, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was fucked up. <laughs> um, also, some other feedback. Um, Ali Mackay was listening to our show, and we were talking about we talked about Trump and how America may want to throw their throw some money behind the NHS. Uh, and Ali was saying um, that he's cost the NHS well over five hundred grand uh, with his heart transplant and and all that stuff, maybe even more. Oh, yeah. So um, yeah, we just got into a bit of discussion about that at work about about uh, the cost of things, and so. Uh, Basically, oh, yeah. he's called, he's hurt our pockets, Ali. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> joking, as as my joking. Tax, we got some really nice feedback from our very special guest, Chris's uh, big sister, Vicky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I always forget which one of you is older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the older one. Yeah, right? so big sister, Vicky. So this was really nice. I woke up to this uh, like last Thursday, and I was just I was, um, listening to the, the latest Monk Sword fight uh, with just you three on it. First one a while without guests, and I enjoy the guests a lot. They're super interesting, but this one reminded me how much I really enjoy you three chatting away. Continue to love the pod. Also, I'm back the end of June for just over two weeks, and we'd love to see you. We'd also love to get on the pod, but also we'd love to see you. So <laughs> uh, that was that was very nice, because I really enjoyed last week. It was good. It was good just to shoot the shit. Vicky would be good on, on the pod, too. Yeah. She's a chatter. She we'll chatter. see which one of the, which oh, one of the siblings is going to turn out to a better episode. <laughs> oh. I smell, I smell a pole coming. I can, I, can, I can already, like... Throw some dirt. Oh, oh, I was she, gonna ask. He she, offered it. Yes, hit us with it. So she says that she's back for like two weeks. So she's not back for long. Last time she came back from Beijing, mm-hmm. she was back for a whole two weeks. Now I'm a brother, love her dearly, miss her dearly. I assumed like it's gonna be no problem we'll be able to see her, catch up. So like the day she comes back, when am I gonna get to see you? Well, I'm busy. <laughs> like, what does busy mean? You're here for two weeks, you know. So uh, no, 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 no. I'm, 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 and she started listening to all the stuff that she was away from doing. Mm-hmm. So I managed to get her for a hungover breakfast. One, <laughs> one, one for one morning. The whole two weeks, she, she, uh, she didn't, she didn't, <laughs> she didn't give, she didn't give a fucking. Yeah, well, she, well, well, no, she, she took my the love of my life away from me. So I feel you. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, we're yeah, some of the boat. Yeah, it yeah. was yeah. No, when they first came back, like trying to get time in that diary, yeah, was mental. I could, but I just I, I wrongly assumed apparently that. See, it was I fine. can't even say that because when Matt was back for two weeks at Christmas, I just went two weeks drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it was brutal. That's the way you got. You got to have a schedule. You got to stick to it. Oh yeah, include your family members in yeah, that schedule. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you got to have a schedule. You got to stick to it, and you can't deviate unless you have some time that's freed up from someplace. So. <laughs> She would be a good. I will say she will be. She would be a good guest. Uh, yeah, yeah, she she, she's very funny. Claire as well. So we speak everyone from that group of friends is usually good. Yeah, I don't know. If, we'll have to get Matt back on as well for like the second birthday, which is coming up. When when's Matt coming home with my ring? God damn it! Well, yeah, well, saying that, but he's back for he. Matt's back for like a flying visit for his uncle's wedding in okay. a couple of weeks. Did you bring that bow tie? Shit, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Matt's back. He comes back on the Thursday from China and then flies home again on the Sunday. Brutal. I know. That's going to be. I know. So, so that Friday, basically, we will be so celebrating my, victor- my yeah. victory. Yes. I'm going to see if he can get it 
Because what we do is, because we got we get the ring, which is made in China, so rather than order it over the internet, Matt just goes directly to the factory and picks one up. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls it off at a four-year-old kid that made it. <laughs> and then... Uh, Nicks himself a new free iPhone and then <laughs> fucks off. I already know what I want for my celebration. I want some, like, coming to America type celebrations. I want, like, a lion draped over my shoulders and a crown. I want a scepter. I want elephants you know, that walk me in. This is when this, we've been doing this league for four years. Mike's been part of it for two, and he's already been the worst winner we've ever had. <laughs> Just Dan was getting annoyed and, at one point when I was in the chat. I put, like, we are the champions, like, four times in the chat, and Dan was like, oh, yeah, what a smug no, victor we have here. If people talk shit throughout the competition, then you're quite right to act the way you are, Mike. Yeah, let's do it. If let's they're do talking it. shit the whole way through, then fucking the you, is, you basket No one was it, talking shit because Mike was at the top. From yes. about four days in, yes, and then yes. never left. <laughs> the chain, the lead chain. I don't know. We'll get into it another time. Fine. Anyway, our guest, Chris Small. How are you, mate? I'm very good. Thank you for listening to us talk utter bollocks for the first ten minutes. Not at all. Um, let's see. So we uh, joined by probably another one of Perth's busiest working musicians next to our very own Andy Mazak. Absolutely. Whenever I see your timeline, you're doing something with... Can I just ask, first of all, how many bands and music projects are you involved in right now? Right now, it's only two <laughs> i really have to think okay it's only two at the moment so that is uh, your own chris small yeah chris small which is officially right now is the chris small trio right now i like um, that and a Paris premier funk group oh. so i think it's what we've been looking at is a bohemian monk machine i've seen those i've seen yours once i can't remember it was in the green room mm-hmm. it was fucking brilliant man cheers, man. quality man yeah cheers um but yeah so can you think, if you can give us a rough number, how many bands you have been part of? It's got to be ventures between 10 and 10 and 15, I'd say. I remember, like, so I was, the last time I was in a band was about seven years ago, and I think at the time you were in three of the bands that were on the Perth circuit at the time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I played a gig one night, and you were playing in two of the bands that were on at the same venue. And, yeah. like, it was in the... What was the what did Bar Forty Four used to be? Oh, Karina. The Karina. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. pretty sure I played the gig at the Karina, and you played in two different bands on the same evening. Yeah, that well, that's one of the reasons why I had to cut down on <laughs> Sony because it kept happening. I kept look at these 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 lists of that bands. I'm like, oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm in three of these. Yeah. So how does that work? Do do your bandmates ever get jealous? Do they ever go, oh, no, we got practice tonight? Why are you not with us? You know? No, I think it was well in the early days when I was in the early days. <laughs> I think you're what 27. I, I am, I'm tw- I'm when I was 12, 25. <laughs> I just turned 25 this Fuck year. You. Know. Damn. In the early days, I uh, the amount of bands I was playing in, but not many of them rehearsed. It mm. wasn't really a, like profe- it was professional in the terms of like we wanted to gig, we wanted to record and stuff, but it was never regimented every week rehearsals. You know, it was just mm. kind of whenever we want, turn up. Nobody was interested in getting paid if we got to create a beer. That was amazing. When you're yeah. 15, that's like amazing. You know, still yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I quite happily do that. Like, <laughs> really, really. And I get oh, uh, God, Karina. Yeah, that's that's where the men become uh, boys become men for sure. I remember I dragged uh, Rachel along to a gig I was playing at, and she got a volley of lemonade, and she was affronted when they poured the volley out the optic and then mm-hmm. pulled out a bottle of Schweppes from underneath the bar that was already half crushed and just poured it out. Oh, no. And she's just like, the look on her face was just, Thanks. she's like, you fuckers better be good tonight. <laughs> it was good though. It was, that, that's just like, that was the training ground, places like the Korean and stuff. Mm. That's where you kind of, 
because people were honest if they didn't like it, you yeah. the room would empty or or that kind of thing, you know. So yeah, I think it was, and the majority of stuff I was playing was was mainly drums, was was kind of the main instrument, and then started learning trombone and guitar about the same time. Trombone classically, like in the lessons, mm-hmm. mum my mum said she's like you need to get some kind of classical. Instrument because mm-hmm. Vicky had done clarinet. Yeah, I remember. I was going to say that. so. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll go right back. So you and Vicky are both quite musically inclined. You more so, but Vicky's just got a fucking belter of a voice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know how good she is we, on instruments. We, we, we were actually Vicky was always the more musical one up up to a point. Mm-hmm. For like for all the kind of through primary school and most of high school, she she was the more because she 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 really pursued fair city singers so she was like singing all the time then she went to pair of youth orchestra which you had to properly you had to be good you had to, mm-hmm. to audition to get into that you didn't just let any kid school kids go in that you know mm-hmm. and i never wanted any of that because i discovered like queens of the stone age and first year yeah. and like les eplin you know and it's in the, that that was that was gone you know mm-hmm. uh, but which is weird because my mum is not musical my dad not musical like, no there's been we, we've traced it but i've looked back with my granddad we like sat and looked through our family tree mm-hmm. there's nobody i think there's one fiddle player for like <laughs> six generations ago they were all fiddle, fiddle yeah. players six generations ago that's me because yeah like said, I've, I've seen you lazy i've seen you so many different bands mm-hmm. and you always seem to be playing something different mm-hmm. I mean, there's like at that time, I'm pretty sure you were drummer for Womad, you're guitarist, and then you're tromboning. Tromboning. So, like, is that the kind of show we're having tonight? Is that what we're doing? Fucking right. bad part of the world. Right. Yeah, man, if you'd have been drinking tonight, you'd have been creasing yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, so we'll take it back. Can you remember the, the first time, like you said, you said you sort of discovered. Rock and roll, basically. Mm-hmm. Can you remember the? Can you remember the first time you thought, "Fucking right, this is what I want to do." Um, I can't. For I mean, I've been playing drums since I was like five, and mm. I, that was just because my mum knew a guy, a drummer, mm-hmm. um, and he was kind of doing lessons. It was in the plough in. You remember the plough in? Oh yeah. Yeah, Sex yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Huh? What? That's where they kept the That's drums actually, would you believe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that place got knocked uh, well never got knocked down, but it got pulled up for having like a, a bondage dungeon underneath ah, it. Yeah. Right. Nice boozer too. Yeah. <laughs> but so I used to go in there so, so he would like pull the kit up. I'm glad it was just the kit yeah. from, the, from the basement. I'm just behind the swing. <laughs> is, that, is that a butt plug? I'll get that out of here. We got kids in here tonight. Come on. <laughs> I got a fuck all lessons. But yeah. So he so he would teach me. Uh, we would just set up and plow in like when it wasn't open. Mm. Uh, and so that was just a thing that happened. And it was weird because I'm playing drums and the only influence I've got, as I say, is like my mum and she was into like ABBA. <laughs> and so, which I do actually now have a bit of an appreciation for. Well written pop music. Oh, totally, you, you man. Get, it's, like, it's it's solid, solid gold, mm-hmm. uh, like pop songwriting. Yeah, anyway, it's just the formula in it. Yeah. Totally. But um, but yeah, so so playing drums, and then I uh, I I remember it was more like a chore going to the lessons every week, mm-hmm. learn this, come home, blah, you know, not wasn't really engaging. And just before I kind of started to lose faith in it, um, my uh, stepdad, my mum's partner at the time, Andy, mm-hmm. gave me a Led Zeppelin compilation, and he and he put on Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin, which is like just the, the Andy, you'll know what I'm talking about. The, yeah, yeah. That the the the, <laughs> the, the it's the drum it's a drum break intro to end all drum break intros mm-hmm. for rock. I mean, yeah, and that was just it ignited something mm-hmm. in me, and it was like okay, 
I definitely want to do drums. Let's obsess about every drummer that's ever lived. And I went totally down that rabbit hole. And for me, all I was ever going to do was be a drummer. Mm. And then when I was 11, I saw Back to the Future. And it's such a cliche for like oh, guitarists, no. but I did. I saw Back to the Future and I saw Michael J. Fox. There's a reason it's a cliche because yeah. it's just an excellent. Totally. He just scene made it look the coolest thing, you know? And because <laughs> they're, they're doing Earth Angel before it, you know? And, and, he, and even he's hating it. He's just. Which is still a tune by the yeah, Earth Angel. Yeah, oh, is. God. Yeah, yeah. That, is, that, that gets people on the dance floor, like, for sure. <laughs> And yeah, he would, uh, and yeah, he's he's, play, he's not even feeling it. And you know, oh, this is an oldie, and he just kicks into Johnny Be Good, mm-hmm. and it was, uh, and it was, it was that moment of going, I, I want to do that. I think everyone still has that. Like, there's, I've, I've only been in one band that performed, but like, when you're in a car, in your car, or anywhere, and a tune comes on, mm-hmm. you sort of close your eyes and thinking, oh fuck, imagine how good it would be mm-hmm. to be on stage and just fucking nailing this out, be doing that, yeah, yeah, looking like one of the cool kids. But the problem I had was, uh, was. At that moment, I knew I was in a band with guitarists as a drummer, and these guys had been playing guitar since they were five. Mm-hmm. So they could play all that stuff, and I'm sitting there as a drummer going, oh, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know the first thing. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to do. And I, like that frustration mm-hmm. of, like, I want to do that, but I, I just physically can't. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, what really pushed me to, to kind of start learning things other than the drums. <laughs> it was like, right, I want to teach myself. Yeah how to do this stuff. Well, it's, it's, it's such a, something I admire. And like, I remember one time I came around and sat by Andy Mack because he wanted a shot of my bass for a project he was working on at the time. And like, I'm a very, very amateur and limited ability musician. And like, Andy picked up my bass and like, I knew he was, I'd heard his music before, I'd seen him play guitar and he just picked up my bass and just like, see if I can watch someone just play something by ear. Yeah. Fucking blows my mind. Me too. Every time. Yeah. Even at 30 years of age, I'm just like, that's insane. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it, the, the satisfaction of teaching yourself that must have been a good driver as well like when you get to a certain milestone oh totally totally it, 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 and it's, I'm reminding myself even now because I'm teaching myself the trumpet right now and uh, because you do you get you have that point of it's a good year of you suck mm-hmm. you suck and you know you suck and mm. it really grinds you down I used to, I, I got my mum's old she had an old neon uh, neon nylon string classical guitar mm. um and i picked that up and i learned how to tune it and like started trying to teach myself like these old songs like how's the rising sun mm-hmm. wish you were here and stuff like that and i just not getting it and just couldn't get the coordination you know and just and totally giving up mm. you know and then going no no i need to i need to push past it you know mm-hmm. because and i think doing that and teaching yourself you develop an ear develop being able to do it by year I couldn't agree more with that by the way and then you know as you get older your ear has become so fine tuned that like Chris is like me you can pick up anything and get a tune out of it Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter I think it then comes down to fundamentals and techniques you know ultimately I don't play any woodwind or brass instruments I never have Mm. But I'm sure if you gave me the fundamentals of how to blow and how to breathe and all yeah. that, once I kind of got my fingers under the mechanics of the instrument, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'd be able to get... I know what, yeah. And I wouldn't want to be sitting there regimented playing scales. You know, I just want to pick it up and create with it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. I, I totally get, get what you're saying there, man. It's, totally. You get to a point, but you've got the skills... You just need to kind of fine tune the mechanics of it a little yeah. bit, as you say. Get your hands under whatever the instrument yeah. is, and 
fuck you away, man. Well, that's thing is because again, like, talking about all the bands you've been in, I don't think I've ever seen you in a band that sounded like the other band I've seen you in. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's always been I would so hate much, that. Yeah. I would, I would, I would absolutely hate that. I would imagine I'd there hate. wouldn't be much point to mm-hmm. do the same thing no. in more than one group. Well, I mean, if you if you find that you if you fall like so, for instance, like I'm in playing with Bohemian Monk Machine right now, I'd happily play in another funk band down mm. the line. However, just like every other band I've been in, and I think I think I'm, I feel really lucky that that every band I've been in has tried to do something different. Mm. Um, has not tried to go like out there. You know, yeah. we're not talking like Frank Zappa here. You know, do you think you've led that because you wanted it to be different, or is it just like, or maybe you've kind of unconsciously seek that out and mm-hmm. say like, you know what, I don't want to do this. I'm going to go do this, and I know these group of boys, girls, or men and women will do this. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? I think, yeah, I think to a point, I think I've always been conscious of being part of the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never, only, it's only now that I've got this trio that it's like that, it's all on the songwriting, the arrangements, everything is kind of mm-hmm. down to me. Every other time it's always been, I've been a part of the, 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 the group and I'm purely just bringing something to, there's always been somebody in the group that has been pushing like some like their idea or to try to do something different, you know. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, I was in a band for ages called Same Jane uh, yeah. as a drummer, and we were trying to go down the route of okay, right now everybody is going crazy for this is like kind of early Biffy, I guess that mm. kind of thing when that was a when that was the thing, you yeah. know. Um, so like everyone's either going down that route or they're going down the really heavy route. Karina used to put on some real heavy nights, you know. <laughs> I, I just I played a gig in the Karina once, and we were going on first, mm-hmm. so we got sound check last. Yep. So we sat down and watched all these like screamo bands, like proper mm-hmm. skinny jeans, floppy hair, really good musicians, <laughs> but like 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 proper like ah, and we weren't we were effectively like a rock and roll band, and the mm-hmm. whole time we were just like that. Ah, Fuck. Yeah. yeah. We, are, we are in the wrong yeah. <laughs> I don't. I've never been in there, but I thought that's what, just from driving by, because when you drive by there, like you can see basically what's going on in the Karina well, at the no, time. Was, I yeah. thought it was all that. I didn't think there would be anything else. Well, it was, it was like, I remember, because it was just this band and they were sat down, like all their groupies had their Apple Macs out and they're like, what's the Wi Fi? And I'm like, <laughs> in the Karina? No, sir. <laughs> you know I mean? but, like, but yeah, I remember. So. Sorry, I totally took over your story. That's <laughs> oh, right. my head. But um, yeah, so early Biffy, you guys were trying to drive for something slightly. Yeah, we 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 wanted to try. We were like, okay, well, we love. Let's just say Led Zeppelin was a big one. Um, I guess they got the 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 other guys were really into it. Chris was super into R and B, like like like. Ike and Tina Turner and stuff yeah. like that and uh, Marvin Gaye and Otis Redding and stuff and Sam was uh, the other guitarist was super into Hendrix and, and as I say Jimmy Page and stuff and then there's kind of me who's trying to kind of get a bit of everything you know so we really wanted to push we, we just worked out that look if you play blues if you play rock and roll uh, you can make it simple like kind of like, like you could even go like Ramon simple mm. like just three chords batter it out that's my wheelhouse yeah 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 people will that people will dance people will enjoy it you know you don't have this this, this doesn't have to be this really technical thing or this really kind of overproduced uh, trying to appeal to the masses thing rock and roll just seems to just 
it's timeless, do you know. Good uh, songs are good songs, mate. Yes, yep. exactly. If you're, exactly. Armed, if you're armed with good songs and you can fucking play, totally. And I don't have to stand there and listen to you tuning up on stage and that in yeah. between songs, and you've got well, a bit I, of stage yeah. presence and professionalism about you, you'll fucking kill it every time. Yeah, yeah. good songs are good songs. Those man. are the bands that I enjoy because you can see it. Like again, when the only limited experience I we had, the the singer was right into his indie rock, yeah. libertines that type yeah. of stuff. Uh, one of the guitarists fucking was obsessed with Stone Roses the other one really liked this sort of like melodic rock queen and that type of thing yeah. drummer was an old grunge head and there was me who could literally play three chords and love mm-hmm. this distortion pedal <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I just when you have like that I feel like if you're all pulling in the same direction you could sound like a million other bands totally I'd imagine like from what you've said you want to make you're only going to want to be involved with something if it's going to actually be something you enjoy rather than just this is the next Biffy this is exactly. the next fucking this is what's that other band the, the Glaswegian one that fucking, they're like a polished Biffy Clyro. I've uh, uh, not done it for a while, but you used to drive me insane because uh, the guy's voice was just grating. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't remember. Fuck it, never mind. Because on the two sides of it, like, like I had a band called Barrow and Crawl, um, <laughs> who were that was that was the weirdest that I've ever been in. So like. The bassist singer, he was into like Primus and Faith No More mm. and that kind of you know, Mike Patton weird stuff. Yeah. And then Tim, the keys player, who now plays in Purple Felts, mm-hmm. uh, keys player, he was well into his Herbie Hancock and uh, Frank Zappa, you know. Mm-hmm. And then there's me, who's who's been kind of trying to uh, like listen to as much stuff, you know. And this is when I'm really starting to get into playing the trombone as like a like a jamming and not just in or- orchestras, mm-hmm. you know. This is me really actually. It was, it was Vicky got me the Specials first album, and the Specials first album's got uh, Rico. Rodriguez, who mm-hmm. was Bob Marley's trombone player, mm-hmm. he plays horn on that, and that's where you get "Message to You, Rudy" and all mm-hmm. these famous horn lines and stuff. It's all him. Um, so I'm trying to kind of get all that. On the other side, my first ever band, which was we call we did call ourselves first of all Project Forty Five. We had to change the name because it was it was like a failed uh, one of Hitler's failed. Genocide plans. It was, yeah, it was heavy, heavy stuff, man. <laughs> Someone came up to us at a gay when you can't call yourselves Project Forty Five. Like, and well, like, we can call yeah, ourselves <laughs> Project. Forty Five. So we actually weirdly we call ourselves the Doldrums. So is that the shittest name you've ever? Because like you're just setting yourself up for a fall. <laughs> but we had a, a singer. Uh, it was Taylor White who ended up going and being. We came from Wolves. Um, yeah. He was in. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was well into Biffy. He was well into Queens of Stone Age, Corn, that kind of thing. Sam, who was the guitarist in Same Jane, so he was he was loving the Led Zeppelin kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The, the bassist Andy, he was well into the View and the Smiths and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's again me just trying to kind of everything figure for just figure out yeah, yeah. yeah yeah what am i liking what am i not liking you know so like and we i think we did one gig at blair gallery battle the bands and we almost got knifed it was terrifying <laughs> it was absolutely terrifying we we did not do well we did because because but that's what the point i'm trying to make is that because everybody had such different styles it didn't work mm. so our set was like in my head by queens of the stone age great tune followed by skag trendy by the view like it just it's didn't, oh, yeah, it just didn't. Con- continuity yeah. yeah then yeah. 99 red balloons like <laughs> oh it was a weird you know and that just didn't that didn't work you know so it's uh it can work it's a hit or a miss you know yeah so well you touched on it there as well um just briefly now you're you're doing your your current project apart from bohemian monk machine as a chris small trio mm-hmm. so you decided to to go out there and like do your own thing try it yeah yeah so what 
brought that on is just from years of being part of the of the machine, not the machine, but like being a cog in the, the workings of a band. I guess. And then just deciding, right, I want this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So how do I go about doing that? I think so. I, a few years ago, I did a I released an EP uh, called So Long, and that was it was more of an experiment, really. It was it's kind of what you're saying. We've always been a part of the machine. And kind of wanted to see, am I at a point where I could be a an actual a singer songwriter? You know, mm-hmm. so I locked myself away and I was like, right, if I can even just get three songs, just make it, just do a small EP, um, but do n- not do everything myself to go. Look at me, I did it for myself, mm-hmm. but just like <laughs> because because if I could do it for myself, I had complete control over the creative process. Mm-hmm. There was no, it was, you know, it was a kind of unique kind of thing that I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we added, uh, the, the producer, Dave McFarlane, he added fiddle on one of the songs. It's mm-hmm. uh, one inch but I can't play. Uh, <laughs> and, um, but apart from that, we kind of did it over just a few days and that was fine. But then as soon as I kind of released it, I was like, I don't actually feel like I'm ready to front a band to perform this mm-hmm. stuff with. It was a weird kind of realization. I was like, well, the songwriting's kind of, I'm happy with the songwriting, but there's something missing. And what I realized now, years later, is that it was because I did it all on my own. I can relate to that because, you know, if I think about how much stuff I do all on my own, then if I come to the point where I go, I'd like to go and gig this, mm-hmm. I've got, literally got to go out and recruit a band. Yeah. And if you're going to play for me, it's going to be super, super, super demanding. Yeah. And you're probably going to find 90% of all... Because I've, I've had it through the years playing in bands. I'm 10 years older than Chris. So when I was Chris's age, I was doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where I went, now nah, fuck this, I'm just going to go and do my own thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I know what that's like. It's difficult because you want to have the control over the process. But then if you then want to go out and gig it, you're kind of going, fuck, I've got to literally put together a band and teach people all this material and mm-hmm. make sure that it's right and I'm happy with them performing it and they're happy doing it mm-hmm. to then take it out on the road. That's a fucking a that's task. A tall task yeah. after you've then done everything on your own to begin with. Yeah, yeah. I, I know from, from the, the singer in my band, my mate Scrimmy, you know I mean? he, he wrote all the songs mm-hmm. and he came up with the melodies and the chord structures and stuff like that. So it would be a case of, because he, he, he had so many different styles in the band, he would take on board that and that would make the song. But... Mm-hmm. If you do, like you say, it's, it's the Chris Small Trio. So this is your project. Yeah. So it must be, as well as that, because you don't want to be an arse. But at the same time, you're like, this is my baby. I, I know how I want this song to sound. Well, it's now a point where I've learned that other... Overall, whilst it is really difficult sometimes to... If you if you know that you're right, like then this doesn't even apply to just music. Like you mm-hmm. know, If you know that you're right and you're listening to someone else say that they're right, but you fucking know that yeah. they're not right <laughs> you're fucking right and you're just trying to you know you're trying to be like nice and kind about it but with music i've really learned that no matter how right i think i am if i'm trying to arrange and write everything no matter how much i think it's going to be the best version it's bullshit mm. it really is because for instance, the two guys that I've got in this trio now, uh, the drummer's Ivan Sveda, who plays, at the moment is still playing for Red Pine Timber Company, mm-hmm. but used to play in a band called Threshold Six, 
one of the heavy bands that used to play in Akrina. I, I used to go when I was like 14, man. I used to go and Ivan used to have this big goatee. He used to wear a bandana because his ball used to scare the shit out of me. And Because he, he did blast beats, had the double bass drum pedal, and he would just, he was super serious. And now he's the, he's the nicest dude. But his, his knowledge of drums, even though I'm a drummer and I can kind of approach things as a drummer, he does this professionally. You know, he teaches drums. He, he's, mm. he's been a tutor at the college for like four years now. Yeah. He knows his shit. Mm. And so I would, be, it, I would be, it's naive of me to think that I couldn't utilize that. Yeah. I think you sometimes as well as, you know, in anything, if you're too close to a project, mm. so say you've been in the studio for two months writing and producing this songs and yeah. you've got yourself stuck in a loop as to how something sounds. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need someone else to just maybe go, let me try this. And you're like, yeah. fuck, why totally. did I think of that? Yeah. Totally. You know I, I'm, I'm doing it right now. I'm, I'm recording the EP right now. And I had uh, the bass player, who's Dave Dave Shaw, again, used to play bass in Red Pine Timber Company. Mm-hmm. Um, I had him round and I was letting him hear this song and we played the whole thing through and he went, I love it, but it needs to be three times faster. And I went, oh, Okay, I, it was. I'd been going for a real uh, like the Doors kind of vibe, quite quite slow, quite relaxed, quite chill, and uh, grooving, but really slow. And uh, yeah, he said, "No, no, no, Luke, watch, watch. If we play it, if we do this like as an up tempo number, mm. um, then and and it did, and it came alive. The, the whole the whole song came out, and I'd never even conceived about doing it fast, mm. but as soon as we tried it." And I got the guitar out and we actually played it together. So, oh, and we did it for the first time on Saturday night there. Mm. And it and it brought the house down, people dancing. And, yeah. it, was, and it was great. I mm. never considered that. Two things I probably just wanted to throw in there. First of all, when I saw that you got Ivan in for the trio, mm-hmm. I was like, damn, son. Because yeah. he's, uh, he's a phenomenal drummer. And he, likes, he also lectures up at the college. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know him personally too well, but I know of his drumming ability. And yeah, yeah. Fucking frightening. I'm supremely lucky. <laughs> yeah. I'm crazy lucky that, that he was up for it and wanted to do it. The second thing I wanted to throw at that, though, was it. sometimes it is easier to take feedback or suggestions from people who you know are highly accomplished. Mm-hmm. So I, I personally find that sometimes, <clears throat> you know, you might somebody might offer you uh, their opinion on a mix or on a track or mm-hmm. on a structure or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're kind of like... What the fuck do you really know yeah, about yeah, it? Yeah, 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 sure. But is it's just knowing someone that's done something. I, I, one of my pals, I won't mention names because they're still newer. They messaged me about doing comedy, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Look, I know fucking nothing about it. I've been doing. I've only done it like a handful of times. But yeah. in my experience, try this." Or, <clears throat> or they sent me a joke, and I was just like, "We'll try and trim out the first couple of sentences, and then do this bit here." Sure. And that's what. So it's just. You do need that feedback. You can't stay mm-hmm. in your own head for too long because, let's say, you get stuck in that loop and things can become stale or stagnant. Yeah, you need yeah. to be able to critically and self-evaluate as well. Oh, yeah, that, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. super important. I think you need you, to be able to step back and know, Kim, what, the song's had enough done to it or mm-hmm. it doesn't need anything else added to it. And that's really. tough. That takes learning. You need to learn how to do that. It's it not does. You, People can't just do that. But then that's what you always find. And I always find it with bands, like with the best drummers and the bass players, best bass players, they're the ones that you don't notice. Mm-hmm. So it's the stuff that you're adding to the track that's not necessarily noticeable. Yeah. But it's the little bullshit things the like shakers mm-hmm. and fucking tambourines. Yeah. You don't need another three tracks of guitar on there. No. You know, you just mm-hmm. need something else to, to move the air. So yeah. yeah. I, there's no right and wrong way to write songs and do no. any of that stuff. Yeah. But. Well, like I said, I've got a couple of just a couple of final questions just to liven it up before we get into the usual shit chat. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, 
So you, you talked about a couple of the albums that you, you, you sort of you were given mm-hmm. that sort of changed it. So if you could pinpoint one album mm-hmm. that you remember, like holy shit, this is special. What would it be? This is a type of question that puts Andy Mack in the dirt. They break me on that. I'll tell you next week. It changes all the time. I mean, like, if, if I think back then, uh, if I compare how much music I knew then to now, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a break. You know, you're talking when I was, I guess, 13 to maybe like 11, 12, when music really started to take over, like, I never heard of, like, the greats, you know, mm. like uh, we're we're talking like greats of of loads of different genres, like mm. Miles Davis or like Beethoven. You know, mm-hmm. you, yeah. you'd heard of these names, but you never actually given them a listen. Whereas if I look at it now, it's like, oh, how could I? How did I live like, without, with, with, without this mm. stuff? You know. But uh, there's an album to pick. Um, probably, actually, yeah, probably. I mean, Led Zeppelin was such a an awakening because mm. it was four guys and live. I mean, Robert Plant was just a singer, so live, musically, you've only got one guitar and one bass and the drummer, and that's it, you know? Mm. John Paul Jones, the bassist, but also played keys, but that was it, and the sound that these guys made was just meteoric, you know? Was frightening. Absolutely right. frightening. I, got, I, I, I saw a pair of his sticks, um, uh, uh, some kind of thing in Glasgow years and years ago, and they were tree trunks. They were absolutely mad. They're the biggest drumsticks I'd ever seen. <laughs> they really were. And he used to, he was famous for, he would just play with his hands. He would just put the sticks down and he would just play with his hands. And he had a huge gong that he always used to have, whack it with his hand and just, and it was no thing. He was just a, a power, powerful yeah. dude, you know? So Led Zeppelin Four, which is the one that everybody kind of says is the kind of, it's, it's now, being a Led Zeppelin snob, it's not my favourite now, but we're not going to go into that. It's like, but, I, don't, I don't like Biffy's new yeah, album. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that, but it does, it has, it, it's, it's like, if you need like a gateway into Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin 4 is the way to do it, you mm. know? Um, so that definitely like awoke in me, like, oh God, like you, there's so much you can do with drums, you know, or yeah. being part of a band, it made me want to like, oh, I want to join a band. Like when you listen to these guys playing together and you watch footage of them going for it, mm-hmm. there's that like jealousy of like, I want to do that. And of course mm. you join a band and it's, you're, you're, pl- you're playing, <laughs> you're playing the view and you're playing <laughs> Queens of Stories. It doesn't, it doesn't add up, you know? Yeah. So yeah, pro- probably Led Zeppelin. Um, on then the kind of flip of that, I remember the first time that I heard uh, Duke Ellington. I don't know that one. Um, who was the kind of the cream of the crop of uh, jazz swing arrangers back in the day. We're talking kind of the 50s, 40s, 50s, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There was, the, the, the two main cats were Duke Ellington and Count Basie. Um, Duke Ellington, I mean, he wrote thousands of songs like way more than anyone else like like in his contemporaries you know mm-hmm. and he ended up then uh, there's there's loads of albums of like Duke Ellington playing with Ella Fitzgerald or um that kind of thing like 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 famous crooners of the day Frank Sinatra yeah. and stuff like that you know but uh, Duke Ellington r- really kind of pushed this thing of okay you take someone like jazz which is super inaccessible and like to, to, it's just noise to some people and you take something popular music at the time which was like your Frank Sinatra's and stuff like that and you kind of try and make this this exciting thing that you can go and see live and there's a full big band playing it and it's you can you can just like any other band you can play 
slow, fast. You can mm. make people cry. You can make people happy. Like, and he well, just I'm a sucker for a horn section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, and it really hearing horns really, as I say, just as a trombonist, like it, it opened my eyes to kind of what you could do mm. as a horn player and then getting to play in part when you're in a horn when you're in a horn section like I love listening to horn sections but mm. man when you're in a horn section and you're playing some line mm-hmm. um, I did a a, a, a a gig for 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 Scottish Power of all people Scottish Power they were doing a fundraiser right and uh, the the fundraiser the plan was it was going to be based around Strictly Come Dancing so they got real professional they put a lot of money into it but they raised like 10 million quid it was awesome they got real professional dancers in and they picked 10 Scottish Power employees who would be taught a dance by the professional oh, that's dance. Awesome. And, and they put an event on in Glasgow and they the Scottish Power wanted a live pit band like they have on the show I just and it was one of those I just happened to know a guy who knows a guy and I got the, the, the trombone slot um, I had to play the Strictly Come Dancing theme about 50 times that day and it was awful <laughs> but uh, yeah man so like did. trigger warning for you yeah, that oh, comes yeah, on the yeah. you just da, start shaking da, 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 da. no 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 <laughs> uh, and we got to play um, we got to play a song called uh, oh, what was it <laughs> I can't believe I'm forgetting this oh it was um, Gloria Estefan um, uh, Cong- Congo Conga uh, Conga you know this and it was it was it's pretty cheesy right yeah when you're in the middle of this four-piece horn section it was me and like three guys that really knew what they were doing that sounds like me on this podcast actually and yeah man like it really it really cemented it cements when you're in part of like these these moments you know it really cements like why you do what you do, you know? I think it's the same as being in a cappella vocal groups. Yes. It's, it's the same feeling of having to play your particular part of a three or a four part harmony mm-hmm. and knowing that you're playing, say you're playing the third. Uh-huh. You just flatten that third. Fuck, we're talking minor chords now, baby. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. you've got that that one little part within mm-hmm. those stack of notes. If you get it wrong, it's going to sound like shit. Or if you sing too quiet or too loud, it changes it as well. Yeah. You've all got to be on it. That's, I think there's there's few things in music, especially hip-hop. If if I listen to a hip-hop tune and it's got a decent horn section in it, uh-huh. I'll melt. Like, yeah, I, me too. Actually, yeah. Literally, that'll like... Roy, Roy, uh, recently deceased Roy Hargrove, um, which you will... like. I cannot wait to let you hear Roy Hargrove. He was... the He had a band called the RH Factor. Mm-hmm. And they, I'm gonna write that down. Right you hundred percent, man. His first album has a very young common doing a. Uh, it's called common. I think it's which called common freestyle. I think it's called. Um, and he worked with uh, all of D'Angelo's as uh, Voodoo. Mm-hmm. Roy Hargrove's all over that. I mean that 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 album is cream of the crop, like uh, hip hop, uh, funk. You got Quest Love. You got. Uh, Pino Palladino on mm-hmm. bass who is, who is now John Mayer's bass player and he's actually the bass player for The Who as well the guy gets around he's an old Welsh dude it's amazing um, he's like he's that, he's that quintessential he's like 6 foot 3 skinny as a rake white bass player dude mm, yeah. you know <laughs> But um, yeah, no. Being a bass player myself, yeah. I am also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man. Yeah. So like, so guys like uh, Roy Hargrove are pioneering that whole thing of going well, like jazz is an institution. 
let's make sure that it doesn't just kind of get left by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Here's guys like D'Angelo coming in, and at the time, you guess you've got guys like Wu Tang and stuff like coming in. Well, that's, I, I, I've talked about this with Andy Mack a million times. Is like, if a sample can be like, because I was talking about the um, <clears throat> the the Baby Driver soundtrack, mm-hmm. phenomenal soundtrack, and it's it's so many of those samples that you recognise from yeah. songs you've heard a million times, but you've never actually. Well, me, I've probably quite guilty of listening to a hip hop track and not actually going I wonder what that sample is who cares because, that, but, but that's, then, not, that's, that's not the game sometimes that you just yeah. want to listen to the but track but then like let's say that the baby baby driver soundtrack opened my eyes and I was like fuck man these songs mm-hmm. in themselves are such well written pieces of music that yep. you forget because they, they fit so well into hip hop tracks or whatever they're sampled sure. on mm-hmm. you kind of forget that those songs themselves are fucking sensational mm-hmm. That's half the battle, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah. For, for some hip hop producers, you know that if you can get that feeling that was harnessed back in the seventies or eighties when that original song came out, yeah. mm. some of those people who are listening to their music now, they're probably like, they may have heard that and subconsciously heard mm. their parents yeah. listening to it, and subconsciously mm. they're like, but oh that, shit, I but like. That's this. why somebody like Roy Hargrove <clears throat> had such a, a big explosion in his popularity in the early mid nineties was mm-hmm. because of the, the the jazz revival because of all the producers becoming more and more obscure with their, their crate digging yep. and sampling more obscure jazz records. And yep. then people are kind of going, okay, great, great beat. Where's the sample from? Yeah. Oh, okay, oh, cool, so that's from there. It's from yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then that's how, the, that's why I always say hip-hop producers, crate diggers and that generally have some of the most encyclopedic knowledges of oh, music yeah. because of the wide variety of stuff that you're digging through mm-hmm. constantly on a daily basis. If you're looking for breaks in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just one Well, part that's the thing it. because there was a, I remember in my drum lessons <clears throat> I got taught The Funky Drummer by James mm-hmm. Brown. It's the most sampled <laughs> drum beat of all time. And it's it's the best drum solo because you even hear James Brown in the track going like, "We're okay, we're gonna let the drummer go." I don't don't do a don't do like a solo. Just 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 give the drummer some. Just give the drummer some space to play the beat, and mm. he Clyde Stubblefield, and he just plays this beat. And it took me two months to learn how to play this beat. Mm. But he just I know I can just tell he just he didn't think he just did it's, it. It's when you see it's drummers especially like drums is the instrument I always wanted to play. Yeah. And I just don't mm. have the coordination no matter how many times I tried to play and I was I was the arsehole that during band practice when everyone went for a fag break I would yeah. jump on the drums straight away <laughs> until someone told me to fuck off because I just <laughs> I was horrific at it but I like Riley started playing the drums I bought him an electric drum really? for his Christmas for his birthday just there because awesome. he lives in a flat. He's like, I want a drum set. I'm like, well, I can't get you a drum set because you live in a four in a block. The sound yeah, of so the sticks hitting those pads is still going to drive you mad oh, after oh a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his mum was like, do you know what I mean? But like, it was more for the neighbours. Like, I couldn't give a fuck because my mum and dad just let me blare music or blare my yeah. bass as loud as possible. So if I had the space, I would have bought him an actual drum kit. But this mm-hmm. is the next best thing. And he's buzzing and I'm like, I'm trying to get him like, go and listen to this drummer. I was like, Matt Helders for the Arctic Monkeys, mm-hmm. Travis Barber. Oh, he's just, phenomenal. Do you know what I mean? Just drummers that I know to then try and get them down a YouTube rabbit hole so you can mm-hmm. try and listen to mm-hmm. songs. And even, like, you pulled on, like, some old Oasis track the other day and I could see him like, tapping away yeah. in the back of the car. Yeah. I was like, yes. Totally. Yeah. And if, I think it makes all the difference when you've got, as I say, like, guys like Clyde Stolfield who this one little break that he did in this one James Brown song, then, it, like, every hip-hop producer under the sun, not every, all of them, but a huge majority Pretty have much. used... And it's either they've either slowed it down or sped it up uh, like but you and when you hear like I'm not gonna try and like I was gonna say do it. Well, I mean the beat it does this. It's like it's like a, I'll drop a clip of it into the middle of this little bit yeah. here. If we leave a little pause here, I'll drop the beat so the listeners can know what Three, we're talking two, about. One pause. 
fucking classic. Look at that. I know that. Oh, all right. That's a <laughs> that funny one. stuff. Yeah, yeah, could, yeah. could I say I would argue that the Amen break is the mm. most sample break yeah, yeah, of all yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. But it's three, three, two, one. Oh, really? It'll be like that. Three, two, one. Pause for the Amen break. No more drum breaks yeah, 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 That's yeah, a lot of work yeah, yeah. I need to go through my folders To fucking write <laughs> these out man Right okay well um, I'll go, I'll no, go. This is one last One last question <laughs> uh, Before we go into our usual shit chat Actually Mike Which one should we ask I've, got, I've wrote down two So I've got that one Or that one Which one do you think we should ask him um, I like artists that you love That would surprise people Yeah hmm. so is there an artist that you love mm-hmm. that might surprise people? Oh, well, we said start ABBA. Oh, yeah. Like, actually going back, and I, cause I recently got about two years ago, I really got into a band called Wolfpack, uh, who I got to see live in London last year, and it, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of American guys, and what they're trying to do is emulate these rhythm sections of the of days gone by who would work for labels uh most famously uh the funk brothers who were motown's basically motown was just an assembly line motown you had your writers that did all the writing then your rangers then all the musicians and then the singers would slap their thing on it and then it gets sent out next thing and it was just and that's how they got so big they had this core group of musicians that played better than anyone else any motown hit there's this guy james jameson who's the bass player he will be playing bass on that record. So wait, it was all the same musicians all the same for musicians. all the Motown singers? For, for the that, most that's part. That's the same as like Stax Records. Or Stax, that Muscle, was Muscle Shoals Have is another big one. Have you seen that documentary? Yes, Fucking fantastic. So Muscle Shoals... I've seen something. <laughs> it's actually, it's, it's referenced, it was famously in uh, Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skinner. Mm. The last verse references Muscle Shoals and there's a, a their in-house band was called The Wrecking Crew, which is just so cool. Uh, and again, anyone that passes through into that studio, like the wrecking crew just work there. So if you wanted, to, so again, I mean, their drummer recently passed away. He played on most of the Beach Boys' big hits. He ended up playing, there was, he was just one of the, as I say, these, so these musicians um, that are kind of part of these big artists that you don't, you would never know. Mm-hmm. Wolfpack wanted to do a, a similar thing with like the old funk and disco. Mm. kind of time because again there was this a similar thing going on that's that's not really talked about it's this you know when you talk about when you go i reckon i realize the name that i see them quite a lot on facebook mm-hmm. uh they've got quite a lot of viral videos cutting about mm-hmm. um and yeah. they've also got a number of sort of famous drummers and other sort of famous musicians who come Correct. in and do guest appearances Correct. And that. So yeah. you've got a guy uh, uh there's another actually yeah for riley there's another guy they get a guy called bernard purdy who uh, who invented a thing called the Purdy Shuffle? The guy's like eighty now, and he still does clinics around the world. And he is just the most charismatic, open dude. And he and he teaches people how to do the Purdy Shuffle. And it is it's all feel. He played on everything. He used to bring a sign with him. Say if you ha- if you hired Bernard Purdy to mm-hmm. play your gig or right, right, he would set up his drum kit. And then he had a sign that he used to put next to drum kit that said, you've hired the hit maker, Bernard Purdy. <laughs> he used to put that on stage next to him. The guy was so cocky, but he had the chops for it, right? Um, so yeah, so Wolfpack got famous for trying to emulate that same kind of thing, which is that like, if you think of ABBA, mm-hmm. there were musicians that were involved with mm-hmm. recording those songs, but you only know the, the you know what I mean? Yeah. 
and there's this whole unexplored world of really good disco and really good there's some amazing playing going on and there's some really cool uh, like like chord sequences and, and kind of uh, structures going on and so something like ABBA mm. uh, really kind of on the forefront um, kind of is is pretty cheesy you know mm. Um, but the reason that ABBA works and I found this out from a guy called Stuart Nisbet uh, who's a guitarist um, lives in Perifatch I played a few times now he used to be the guitarist for Proclaimers and uh, Della Mitri and stuff like that back in the day uh, China Crisis and stuff Um, super cool dude Mm -hmm. Um, he said what um, ABBA do you'll probably get this more than these two no offence no 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 I'm totally just taking all this in (laughs) what ABBA would do is they would hold off the prominent harmony right or they would make the the prominent harmony so that when you as the listener you instinctively sing the note what they're at in the mix what they've done is they'll put say you're singing the third in the mix the everybody else on the track is singing the root and the fifth so when you're singing that third you're kind of almost like becoming the missing link And it makes the songs so much more like full because when you're singing and, and that's why people love these things, these songs are so singable because you're almost completing the triad or whatever it is. This is just know? what we were talking about with the acapella groups earlier on. You're uh-huh. completing that one part. And I actually said that earlier on, you know, you've then got that power to change one note within, you know, those stack of four, change that mm-hmm. third, Correct. flatten it by a semitone and suddenly we're in a minor. Yeah. We're in a minor chord. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, with the ABBA thing, it's all about, um, I always thought it was all about um, not tension and release, but it's just, you get the same thing with the EDM. You know when the drops come in. Mm-hmm. With the ABBA songs, you got the sort of tension and then the resolution, mm-hmm. if that mm-hmm. makes sense, at the yeah. point where naturally you expect it to be, and that makes mm-hmm. it quite reassuring, and that's what ultimately makes it quite listenable. Yeah, but I'm yeah, that's an interesting one about a lot of the melodies then being mm-hmm. based around sort of the thirds and yep. around the seconds, the thirds and the fourths. Mm-hmm. Because then underneath that, you've got the root and the fifth and maybe even an octave above. Mm-hmm. And then you're filling it all in. I'm okay. loving this chat tonight, boys. It's good, eh? <laughs> Fucking but brilliant. So, yeah, so I'd say ABBA's definitely uh, one that I would, uh, is maybe like a, not as, uh, like, instantly kind of, you know, yeah. like, oh, okay, interesting. There was one more album uh, by, it's, again, it's one of the, one of those, I think it's because I heard it when I was younger and I've always just liked it because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the band now I can't believe I'm kind of drawing a blank here because it's one of my favourite albums uh, I can see the cover two sex uh, oh uh, Jailbreak by Thin Lizzy mm-hmm. yeah. I could see the cover there it was one of the first things I ever got on vinyl yeah uh, and it's it's like a gateway into Thin Lizzy and Thin Lizzy is another one of those kind of everybody knows Boys Are Back in Town mm-hmm. everyone I know but they they just that in that album they tear through every kind of rock. Is that one of Gary Moore on it? Uh, no, it's a later one. Okay, but not not much later. They started working together. Gary Moore actually okay. toured with them. Yeah. He's phenomenal. R.I.P. Gary Moore. Miss mm-hmm. Gary Moore, man. He's fucking, yeah, wonderful, wonderful guitar Out player. Out the fields. 
Um, can I just throw one more thing in the Abba thing I was just thinking about that makes their songs so uh, easy to remember, so uh, memorable, easy mm-hmm. to sing along to, knows that the melodies only ever move in semitones. Yeah. You know, it or, never ever or, jumps uh, between. Or, Mamma Mia, yep. here I go again. Yep. You're, you're literally, you're just doing, shit, on a piano, good. you're literally like one note there, one, you're never, there are no big jumps. I just know? blew my mind. Is that done yeah. intentionally though? Do you yeah, think it's, they it's the same as yeah. Twinkle, 100%. Twinkle, Little Stars, the same. You know, it's just moving down in semitones. Yeah. It's never, it's never a big jump. I think occasionally they maybe go like their yeah. the lesser hits. They maybe kind of go like, uh, like winner takes it all goes a bit crazy. But <laughs> your actual hits, you know, yeah. like it's a dancing queen. The drunken pit. dance floor fillers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've never, never failed to see dancing queen fill a dance floor in seconds. There's man. never a space of more than about four notes in the melodies. Mm-hmm. It never, you know, swings about. It's not like fucking Mariah Carey. No, you know yeah. what I mean. It's little blocks of sort of like four uh, notes. Waterloo. I was defeated you on the war. It's it's yeah. just kind of like a, like that's just going downstairs. You know, it's it's so simple. Anybody <laughs> can say. Yeah. I was defeated you won the war. <laughs> <laughs> Taking the elite, yeah, making it so clinical. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's super clever. Like if you think about Dancing Queen, uh, the, the 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 main melody line that everybody sings there is "You are the Dancing Queen." But there's actually when you listen to the track, there's. Uh, dancing queen, dancing queen. There's there's these harmonies that that nobody ever sings. They they, they don't make that the famous bit. Mm. But when you sing that and they're also singing that on the track, mm-hmm. it you can as I say you complete that chord. And that's why I went to see. Uh, we took my uh, my missus and her family went to see uh, Steps played Dundee recently. Right. right? It was a mental gig because it was blue, <laughs> uh, an ABBA tribute band. <laughs> And then steps. Uh, I had to luck. Sorry, not luckily. I had a gig, unfortunately, so I had to leave before steps came on. But um, <laughs> to be honest, you probably missed the best part. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> tell you what, I tell you what, Blue knocked it out of the park. I will give it to Blue. I was like, they I, knocked it out of the park. Duncan, what they <laughs> were, they were, they I, were I, so I, tight. I'm telling you, there's, awesome. there's, there's a case to be made, and I, I, I will stand by five till mm-hmm. the day I die. But you know what? I'm having some absolute bangers. The five megamix on YouTube oh. is the greatest thing you've ever heard. Do you know there's only three of them. Five megamix. Do you know that five, five? There's only three of them. I'm pretty sure I've said. I'm kidding. They're, they're, they're touring. It's five. I'm pretty sure they played the Mecca Bingo in Dundee not that long ago. <laughs> but I'll tell you, right, there, there's a list of songs that I'll never skip when they come on in the car. Mm-hmm. And If You Getting Down is one mm. of them. Mm. Fucking banger, mate. Absolutely. Mm. Yes. Good oh, song. Right. Good tune. Right, I will anyway. just touch on it quite a quick I, I listened to uh, your most le- recent release on Spotify earlier on. Yeah, listen on the way I, here. I it's very good. Oh, cheers, say, man. Yeah. Thank you. The song The Good Times took me right back to The Commitments. Mm-hmm. One yeah. of like my favourite albums, films ever. Yep. It's obviously, they're just a cover band, but I, I love all their takes on those songs, and that took me right back to that sort of soul mm-hmm. type of music. So, honestly. It's a, it's a little uh, uh, homage to, like, uh, yeah, that kind of 60s kind of yeah, uh, classic, kind of cool vibe. But mm. also, the I really wanted to kind of push the horns on that one because, yeah. Commitments, amazing horn section. Blues Brothers, amazing mm. horn section. Uh, and it's not that it's lacking these days, but yeah, just there's something I love. I love. I love like horns. Just instantly can uh, guide you when there's no vocals. Mm. It can tell you is this a happy song? Is this a sad song? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's a good point. Like yeah, the, it does. The, really, really, especially really the, the well. commitments version to try a little tenderness. That mm-hmm. sad horn. Oh. Like mm-hmm. that instantly, you're like, 
Oh, totally. Fucking love this tune. Or if you or like your good times, as I say, these like long notes. You know, or I tried to imitate a baritone saxophone with a trombone, mm. uh, where you have these like dum dum these yeah. big punchy horn horn lines. You know, yeah. uh, that was yeah. It was I did it all. I did it in my I did it in my back in my back room, which is like a little home studio, and I yeah. got uh, John Harkis to mix it. Oh, nice. Um, from PMX, and it was interesting because he does like exclusively he mixes like skate punk mm-hmm. and like hardcore but stuff te- and really technical yeah totally and I was like I need you to make this sound like it was recorded in the 60s you know yeah and that was a total challenge for him but um, Nars was it had that real like raw it almost sounded like I know it's live but you know it almost sounded like a live recording mm-hmm. just because at least it was punchy it was yeah and it had that old school feel to it and as soon as I listened to it like the sun was shining I was walking down the road I was like I oh, fucking I was just thinking as I was driving down here because it's one of the few nice days that you get yeah, I was like yeah. this is awesome like driving music yeah. and I'm, I couldn't listen to it I couldn't write it down because I was driving but one of them one of my favorite movies and please don't grill me on this uh, that thing you do yeah oh I was gonna I was thinking about putting in a reference earlier in this conversation but I was like that's gonna be a really deep cut if I put in that thing you do <laughs> and I did it it was about uh, when I decided to speed up uh, that song that I just written. Yeah, and they do that in that movie. They do that, and that's what makes it. He just start, he's just playing it, and they're like, "Slow down, slow down." And then he just jumps on. He's like, "Shit, I gotta play." That <laughs> is just me and my day. That's a great Tom Tom Hanks for his first his directorial debut. Yes, Ooh, well, great movie, it, Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we do have Tom Hanks. But one more thing. Yeah. Um, shit, you may forget. God damn it! Good segue. You fucked me up. Um, oh, trumpet players. Because my daughter plays the trumpet. Mm-hmm. Um, who's like a good? Because I didn't. I have never done what you've done, Jordan. What you're with Riley, and just said, "Here's some drummers do that." Because I don't really know anybody who plays the trumpet. Who's like some good trumpet players that I can be like, "Hey, let's listen to these people." And mm-hmm. uh, uh, well, I mean, Miles Davis is kind of the, okay. the quintessential because he's just it was so his. It's such a breadth is his kind of style. Uh, my personal favorite trumpet player right now is a guy called Nat Adderley. Okay. Um, who's the brother of a guy called Cannonball Adderley? Cannonball Adderley was a tenor sax player who played in Miles Davis' band. Mm-hmm. He's he's actually on Kind of Blue, which is people say if you only ever listen to one jazz album, listen to Kind of Blue. If you're ever ever going to listen, if you if, if there's ever only one album that you can pick, it should be Kind of Blue. It's like a it's something that every person, whether you like jazz or not. Everybody should down. listen to Kind of Blue. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was it's a landmark thing. It's, it's genuinely amazing. Um, and so Cannibal Adderley, the sax player, he went on and had an amazing career as a saxophonist. And his brother Nat Adderley uh, played the trumpet. And uh, they then played together as a quintet. And so his playing as a trumpet player, there's 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 kind of you you can the good thing with the trumpet or any horns is you have jazz trumpet players you have latin trumpet players you've got ska trumpet players you've got mm-hmm. you've got guys like hargrove who go into the world of hip-hop you know mm-hmm. who are who are there solely to kind of serve the the kind of the, the song that they're playing in um but yeah it's a it, it's a it's a good mix someone like miles davis um famously said that it's not about the notes you play it's the space in between the notes mm-hmm. it's the space and kind of blues are kind of perfect example of that he was also mental. Like he was also crazy, man. Like his when you listen to Kind of Blue and then listen to like something in his later career, like Bitches Brew, it's like psychedelic and it's weird. Even I can't pers- it's personally it's like not for me. It's that kind mm. of style of jazz mm. that's just too, too much. Like it's a bit on. too avant-garde yeah, for most that's people. The word. Yeah, yeah, totally. avant-garde. Yeah. Good word. But yeah, 
that thing you did there's homework man like watch that, thing, that you thing you great do movie. I, great movie great great movie Vicky, Vicky will know about it we, my mum taped it onto a VHS and I wore that tape me too <laughs> I completely wore it out with the amount of times was, I watched that movie it was like me, me, too. With, me with the commitments that was like the first film my parents let me watch I had fuck mm. tons of swearing in it purely yeah, yeah, because yeah. the music was Destination Anywhere like oh. you're saying it's, it's, it's all covers but Destination oh, Anywhere is train. Oh. yeah 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 and yeah. the boy uh, was Andrew Small I think his voice is uh, the, the oh, singer oh um, yeah 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 was he, was, he was like 16 when he, yeah. he was 17 when he did the movie yeah but the, that film just like that blew my mind Andrew like, Strong Andrew Strong that was it yeah um, but yeah fucking great film great great anyway. film so wait we were talking about That Thing You Do Tom mm-hmm. Hanks directorial debut actually the soundtrack I have the soundtrack Me always too. keep it on anything Me streaming too. service that I have yeah uh, directed by Tom Hanks, Tom was Hanks. it? Yeah, yeah he's yeah, actually one of, one of the points on our one of our regular features, mm-hmm. which is called Brarna. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those of you who are just joining us, or for Chris, just in case you know, Brarna is our our judgment section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we, we judge. Up, yeah, we get, some, <laughs> we get the listeners to make up some content for us. Yes, <laughs> that's why. Uh, that's why I, I mean, Maurice so, wrote on the yeah, Facebook page today so that we were slacking. We will go through some topics, and they will either go in the brawl of fame or straight in the knobbing. I didn't make. I, I got made up. I got made up a few weeks ago. But just got made up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wait, we'll start from. Our segue, Tom yeah. Hanks. Tom mm-hmm. Hanks, bra and all. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody that can say what, no. Is there anyone in the world who doesn't like Tom Hanks? Yeah. I don't think so. Justin Bieber. No, it's Tom Cruise. Oh, Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Yeah. Uh, he he should Tom. fight Tom Hanks anyway. <laughs> He'd batter him too. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, I fucking... You know what it is about Tom Cruise? Is Let's he go just, live? Let's go live. Can you bring the list up on your... Yeah, man. Uh, uh, he just seems to be like the nicest live. guy no. in the fucking universe. I don't know if this was just some made-up thing, but there's a photo of him online somewhere where someone's passed out in a pub and he's just like... And they've left their phone there and he like... Tom Cruise sits next and sits, rakes his selfies with this guy who's out cold really? and then just puts his phone down and fucks off. <laughs> so this guy wakes up to like... Rakes the phones like Tom Cruise uh-huh? getting my cuddle. Tom Hanks getting my cuddle, sorry. So... I like... No, I... I, I mean, like... His films as well... Hmm. Like, I, well, I was at the perfect age that like I remember like clearly remember Toy Story you know coming onto the scene it being a big thing mm-hmm. you know I was like six years old five or six years old this totally new animation style yeah, yeah well, this yeah. is and, you know and of course I'm at an age where I didn't really know too much before that so like this is a big thing and, yeah. and, and so I've grown up with him he was totally like the guy you I know? remember when Toy Story 3 came out uh, when I was with my ex we took, me her you know, our pals took all of our kids who were about the same age, uh-huh. took them to see Toy Story. And they were kind of disinterested by the end of it. Like the really? scene, not disinterested, but the scene where they're on the... The, the, the fucking... The, going the, into yeah, the, in the, the incinerator. incinerator, yeah. Christ, like there was six adults, like, <laughs> in floods of tears. Yeah. And ah, the yeah, kids yeah. at that point weren't really emotionally invested. They were like... Oh. Sure. We were like... <laughs> no, I, I, I felt it. I felt it. Like Castaway as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Movie. What a fucking film. Apollo uh, 13. Apollo like, 13. Great, another great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, he just, and he just seems like a great dude. Mm-hmm. Seems like a nice guy. Just seems, and his son's mm-hmm. a good actor as well. Colin, Colin Hatt, we, uh, Kirsty and I, apparently, we watch a, a show called Life in Pieces. It's an American kind of sitcom, basically. Mm-hmm. And he, Colin Hatt, is the first time I've ever seen mm-hmm. Colin Hanks anything. He, he put, is so he funny. He played one of the really, one of the good baddies in Dexter. He was in Did Dexter, really? yeah, yeah. And that was after. I think that was maybe the last good season of Dexter was on where Colin Hanks was the baddie. Hmm. 
I didn't watch the whole thing, but I remember seeing him. Yeah, all but, um, yeah, Tom Hanks for me, that is without a co- without a shadow of a doubt, bra. Yeah, I'd say so. Bra all around. Favorite Tom Hanks movie? Oh, Andy, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, I won't have a bad word said about Tom Hanks. I'm not sure. <laughs> I won't say fucking big trouble if there is, right? I'm, I'm going to say Toy Story because, like Chris said, it's, it was like a big moment in my childhood. Plus, mm. it was like something me and Riley used to watch together as well. Oh, so, like, yeah. it, it holds a lot for me. Aye. So, yeah, I'm going to say Toy Story. Mm, probably. I like Forrest Gump. I'm not gonna oh, lie. I, sure, you forget sure, about sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the greatest movies oh, of all time, yeah. Forrest Gump. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a cultural reference as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. how often when you see somebody running away, like run Forrest, run Jumping, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. Run, Forrest. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I, I can't, I can't have a bad word said about him, Chris. Yeah, I, I kind of have to kind of now. We after we spoke, I kind of think that thing you do. It's it's, it's between that and Toy Story because Toy Story super important for the age I was, but. That thing you do, I watched it so many times. Yeah. You know? um, but I, uh, Forrest Gump, man. See, I don't think Toy Story counts because it's only voice acting. Mm-hmm. And that I was at a time where it was really just voice acting. Yeah. See, like being a bit older, I remember when Toy Story came out, it was like, it's a film that's made entirely on a computer. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's cool. That's <laughs> pretty yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See what this is about. And I was like, this is for kids a lot smaller than well, me. Well, right? that Castaway. You've got to remember Castaway, like, Brilliant. Was him by himself. Yeah, that blew my mind. For like, for like, so it's like a two-hour movie, and for maybe like an hour and fifty minutes of it, it is just him Hell and yeah. a beach ball. Don't yeah. forget classics such as You've Got Mail. Oh, you yeah. got mail. <laughs> Turner and Hooch. Oh, big, big, get yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. well, which has become yeah. quite a problematic film <laughs> when you think about What's it. What's that? Well, we switched the roles. And you knew it was a guy having sex with a thirteen-year-old girl who had been turned into a woman. Oh, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But sure. I fucking love big. Do not yeah. get me wrong. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it's one of those things that people have started poking holes in. Where you're like, here we go. Don't yeah. poke holes in it. Don't poke holes but in like, it. I'm, wait, I'm gonna go with either. Since we said that thing, you do. Uh, Stephen Private Ryan has to be oh, up there, right? Yeah. And he directed uh, Band of Brothers as well. Have you mm-hmm. have you seen A League of Their Own? It's like I'm a, not, it's not. like a set around the time I think it was World War Two, and all the men were off the war, and these all these women started playing baseball, and great great movies in it, great great movie, hmm. highly recommend it. Every time I see A League of the Rowan on Sky, I'm like, oh, this is it, and I'm like, oh fuck, it's not this. Fucking it's James Corden, stupid James Corden show. I'm, uh, I'm glad nobody said the Da Vinci Code. I'm glad. I see didn't see it. Look, the Da Vinci Code was all right. The, the subsequent Jesus oh, Christ, sorry, man. <laughs> Blind. The subsequent films after that got a bit ridiculous. Sure. I thought the first one was like, I read the book. And yeah, obviously, it wasn't as good as a book, but Tom Hanks was great yeah. in it. But then I watched the two sequels. Was it Angels and Demons and then Inferno? And afterwards, I was like, ah, wow. Aye. The quality of these descended. <laughs> At the same time, didn't dislike Tom Hanks. I think that's got to be the most unanimous bra. Yeah, 100%. He's at the top of the, whatever that, what is it that Tom Brady's in? He's in the scumbag hole. No, that's thing, the cunt pile. The cunt pile. He's, in the, he's in the opposite. The Tom, hero pile. He's in the hero pile. Yeah. Hero yeah. pile. All right. Also, Tom Hanks, if you watch, if you just go on YouTube and uh, type Tom Hanks uh, SNL comp- compilation, every time he's been on Saturday Night Live, he <laughs> knocks it. He is so funny. Probably His comedic timing One is of the spot most recognizable on. voices. Yeah. But that's the thing. He was in a he was in a lift with a with like a a, a, a little kid that had a Woody doll. Mm. Like around the time it was the, the whole Toy Story hype was happening, 
and of course Tom Hanks thought he'd be like, oh hey kid you know he started doing like the would you know and hey I'll I'll, I'll sign you sign his book kid went mental at him because he didn't know who this guy was he just taken his, old his, dude? Taken his prize Woody doll scribble all over it and give it back like the the, the mother was like oh look at he's like he's just fucking not Woody who the hell you know yeah. I really feel like we should name this episode something to do with Tom Hanks. Mm. Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> Tom Hanks is not a wank. <laughs> hero, the hero just, pile. If okay. you don't like Tom Hanks, unlike our page. Please, yeah. yeah I don't we want, don't want, you, want, I, I don't want you listening to, you. to my show. Yeah. What's next? <laughs> next we have, uh, this is actually quite a good segue because I know Tom Hanks' kid went to St Andrews Uni. Oh, yeah, all right. I'm sure. Um, so Billy Morrison's put in the town of St Andrews in general. Full of knobs, but a decent town, so I'm torn. Hmm. Yeah, I I just from I, Megan was working in St Andrews once. They have a store through there, so she went through. So I went to pick her up, and there was just all these young people <laughs> cutting a boot. There was this one Hi, guy, grandpa. No, <laughs> but there was this one guy, right? <laughs> oh, I'll buy it. But there, there was this one guy, and he was dressed like he was an extra in Les Mis. Like he uh. like always had the britches on, and he had like a bag, but it was like a ha- like a hash and sack or whatever. But it, like. Twisted and then thrown over his shoulder. Mm. Yeah, but like you can see, that's just his day to day wear. Yeah, and I was like, no one can be that pretentious, <laughs> but only in St Andrews they can yeah. be because that's mm. that's idyllic Scotland for people who aren't from Scotland. Correct, that in Edinburgh, okay. like that the, in Edinburgh. the old town in Edinburgh and St Andrews. I always call them shortbread, shortbread tin sort of towns. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Right. Like, yeah. like, and it's, it's, but it is a very, very culturally important it's place. A beautiful mm-hmm. place. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like for. The golf in there, the scenery there. Do you know what I mean it's a nice What's day? What's going on, yeah? So yeah. I'm, I'm going to say the people of St Andrews. No, it's not even the people. That the, guy, that just that, that one guy. guy. That guy <laughs> he goes it. straight on the cunt pile. He's on that the cunt guy, pile. Whoever you are, right next to Tom Brady. Late Miz cunt. That's you straight in the cunt pile. But I'm going to say bro because I like St Andrews. Hmm. I, I love saying I don't even know what anyone's talking about. The you know, it people always there. seems I've, sunny there as well. I don't. I've yeah. never been St Andrews when it's not been a beautiful day. I I played a gig in St Andrews when it was a proper storm. First, it was a real. It was a. <laughs> pro, I I almost didn't like leave the house. Like I was almost considering like calling the place up and saying <laughs> I don't think I can come play this gig. It's like this storm is that bad, and it was one of the worst gigs I've ever I've done in a long time. It was just old men on this side of the pub. And young crew on this side of the pub, and I thought maybe I can young unite team. them. I could not unite them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even amazingly, it was a, it was it was at Christmas time, so even Fairtale New York did Didn't not did not unite that pub. But yeah. I don't hold that against the town of St Andrews. My uh, my fiance, uh, hey. Hey, she went. She's from Fife, uh, and I don't hold that against her. <laughs> What's what's with that? Every, oh, Why does everyone hate Fifers? It's not every, a fucking kingdom. It's not a fucking like, kingdom. kingdom <laughs> she's not. She is from Tapor, which is uh, like this much into Fife as possible. <laughs> it is just over the Tay Bridge, and then she's it's like yeah. Diet Fife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Diet Fife. I've heard so much shit Fife about people from Fife, like <laughs> wet, wet feet. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's ridiculous. Scotland is so xenophobic about itself. Like, it's like. Let's say Dundee's full of mics, Perth's full of posh people, Glasgow's full of JKs, Edinburgh's full of arseholes, St Andrews is full of fucking pretentious wankers who aren't actually from Scotland. Les Miserables. (laughs) But yeah, no, I'd I'd say St Andrews for sure. So the point of that story was that Kirsty went to high school in St Andrews, went to Madras College, 
which is I look. It's like it, delicious. It looks. It looks. <laughs> I get like I made that joke like week two. <laughs> I, I bet she yeah, just yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. "Yep, yeah, yeah." Took these guys two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, but yeah, I don't hold that. I, it's it's a great place. I'd say bra. I'd say bra. Can for, I just, for I just touch quickly as well, like talking about um, you just said talking about doing a cover at a gig. My favorite band that you've ever been in. Mm-hmm. Just the Marshalls slash the Smalls. Oh dear! Like oh. When, you, when you and Vicky got up and just do like, there was a gig. I think it was last July mm-hmm. when Matt and Vicky just come back. Like the Sunday they came back it was the day of the World Cup final, and it you're was. doing the, the open mic at the venue. At the venue, and yeah. You and Vicky got up, and me and Matthew danced to Monkey Man harder than I've ever danced in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I pulled a muscle in my leg. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. But like, yeah, just those gigs were special. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Always just play the hits and it's fucking smashing. I, I meant to say that earlier when we yeah. were talking about music, but it goes there. Uh, so St Andrews, I'd say bra. Well, I'm saying bra. I'd say bra. Oh yeah, definitely a bra. Bra. St Andrews was. Yeah. Can bring the dogs on the beach too. Yeah. Uh, Mike Docks. Love that guy. guy. Love that guy. Why does that guy keep commenting on <laughs> fucking him every week? I don't know, but he's handsome. <laughs> Is he though? Mike Docks is say people who say it is what it is. See, because that now that pissed me off when I saw it earlier on. Because I say that, what are you trying oh, to say, Mike? Did <laughs> I say it was going to bed? I'm going to Chris, I'm, hold the camera. <laughs> I'm going to put. Um, I'm going to tie this up with someone, uh, <clears throat> Scott Brown, not the Scott Brown, the A Scott Brown, the, Scott Brown. the fake Scott Brown, the fake Scott Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Brown's HP and this boy's like Tesco uh, Scott Brown's when you when you ask someone at work how's it going and they reply living the dream oh. no thing oh. is fucking day that day what's your I problem as well, but no. like, I hear it in my head it's like how's it going then I say it then I say oh living the dream Paul every day it's like, uh, I know I hate I, that, but that I know what you mean. Those, those, those verbal those verbal just a guy said on, 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 on coming out of work today literally two hours ago the guy went ah oh, well it's another another day closer to retirement Oh, oh, that's oh, a fuck off. Thought, <laughs> oh, like, oh, come on, Imagine man. living your life and that's what you think. <laughs> yeah. You actually leave your work at the end of the day. I mean, it, 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 it's the same like I hate Seek small me. talk and I lift it. And Unnecessarily, me. yeah. I'm now really happy that my job's on the bottom floor of the office because I used to hate getting in a lift. So I'm like, ah, oh, another up, up to the penthouse. I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I like I had like in my head that images, you know, like in films where like someone gets in a lift when they're about to fight and then they open it and there's just two people coming in blood and one yeah. guy walking out. Had that in my head every yeah. time someone goes back to me or like some radio say you're like, mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Silence yep. is golden. Like we people, people don't appreciate like silences. Yeah, there's so nothing wrong with it, you know. I'm gonna see I do exactly both of these, but I'm not happy. And that, actually this is another one. <laughs> I'll go on in a minute. But like yeah, I I, I I hate myself for it, so I'm going to say no. But I do do it. Mate, it is what it is, right? You just you say it, right? Whether you mean it or not, you still say it. I say it because it's one of these, you know, it's a turn of phrase, it's an expression you use when you're in a situation, you can't really change the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're going to find yourself in plenty of those in your life, so have a saying for yeah. occasions like that. Mark Miller says, typical response to someone that misses out on a car they were looking at. It is what it is, man. Just it is what it is. It is what it is. That's what I said about your parcel delivery. I'm like, don't, you don't need to get excited. I'll be here when it gets it here. It is what it and is. If it doesn't right. come here, come with me. It is what it is. I'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> just relax, bro. Um, There's another one. Uh, this is another one about just speaking to people. This is apparently people are just, just getting in. Just didn't speak to us. Yeah, before this is what I said to people. Morning, right? Just don't put in things that you hate. <laughs> people are now just getting in with their, like, their terms of phrases. So Daniel Miller. Is this is good. Saying all right to someone in passing. 
I've no idea if you're just saying hello or if you're asking me if I'm okay. Yeah. Just don't. It makes me awkward. Yeah. yeah. What, what is it? What's the answer? Well, see, like, all right. To me, to me, I'm all right. All right. It's just a, it's a hello. All right. Mm-hmm. How's it going? Right. I actually, yeah. all, pretty much all my text messages start with all right. A-W-R-Y-T. All right. So, but, but if someone says, all right, do I have to say, I'm all right? Or you do I have to say, oh, well, say if someone a bit says, constipated. You all right? You, am that's, I all right? That is, that's a question. Well, okay. it, it depends. If I'm going past someone, I say, all right, that's just a, an acknowledgement of them passing by me. But if, I say, if I'm speaking to someone, all right, how's it going? All right, go, all right is just hello to I'd me. Probably yeah. wouldn't say it to a bird, though. Like, I wouldn't walk past a bird and be like, all right. All right. right. No. All right. I put in mere effort. That's kind of that's yeah. kind of dirty. Yeah. Of like, all right, all right, yeah. all right. Then she all shuts right. you down and you go, "Oh, here's what it is." That's good. Thanks, thanks. I'm going to say bro because I do that as well. I say all right. That's a it's a good. But to me, it's a greeting. Yeah, I say. I'm not asking how they're doing. It's just all right. Yeah. Well, we head nod. I'll say oh, I'll say all right, but then like I'll say what's up, but then that's the thing. I, I'm not expecting them to tell me what's up. I'm just expecting them to say. You're all actively right. hoping mm-hmm. they don't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Please do not. I remember though once, and I'm not going to name names, but I will once we finish recording. Okay. Um, sorry, he doesn't work there anymore. But um, <laughs> work where? I, I remember. <laughs> I remember a guy who used to work there, um, and I said to him one day, "Is like, all right, man? How's it going?" Just like, you know, one of those things you say in the past, all right, man, how's it going? And he's like, yeah, sorry, mate, cool. And he's like, ah, yeah, not so good, mate. The wife's just left me. Uh, oh, no. I was like, why the fuck would you tell me that, man? He's looking for help, like, man. I fucking hate an overshare. Because then, yeah. then you're just like, ah, it's, 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 like, it's horrible. I hate, I hate overshare. Yeah. It makes me super mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Because I try not to tell anyone any of my business <laughs> but, that, but that's somebody taking it literally in it like somebody's like oh, alright mate how's it going you're like, yeah sound mate you're good yeah sound do you know what I mean realise I'm not actually interested in how you are yeah, like, yeah I'm yeah. just going through the social yeah it's months. like somebody says alright man how's it going you wouldn't say ah oh, well just got the house repossessed gambling debts <laughs> okay. piling up I, lost the car the Mrs. Again. is walking no, <laughs> when everyone and anytime someone asks me how I'm doing and they actually want an answer I always say good very good because nobody wants to hear anything else other yeah. than that yeah. tell them that I'm good I'm great mm-hmm. well, that's it yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to say bro. Bro? Bro's all around? Uh, I, I bro for those comments that are on the thing. I don't think they want us to say bro to them, no? Oh, wait, wait. You're talking about um, saying all right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is it, is all right. specifically just on the passing? I think it's, I think she said in passing. Not not as a greeting? No, well, that's, to me, if you do it in passing, that's just an acknowledgement. Okay, yeah. I'll go bro for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's lazy, but I'll go bro because oh, I'm yeah. lazy. Yeah, I'll say bro. <laughs> well, see, when you work in a place like we do, I've worked in that place for over a decade now, so I know a lot of people... Scottish power, yes. Does that does that just make your heart break a little bit inside when you say that? Mars climbs real tight when you say that, yeah. Uh, wait next. till you, wait till you <laughs> say 20 next years. Next week we've got PJ Macron of Night and Day Podcast. Shout out to PJ. I know, Lana. Um, PJ commented. So, French fries dipped in anything other than ketchup. Mm. Not a fan of anything other than ketchup with my fries is a no from me. Do like a wee McDonald's fry and a chocolate milkshake. Yeah, I'll do that. Salt and sweet. Telling you, Wendy's shake. He did the fry in in the milkshake. Oh. Very good. Change huh. your life. Change your yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If those fries are no dripping in barbecue sauce, <laughs> I might not email. <laughs> There's going to be questions. Dripping <laughs> high. My dad gets like physically upset when he sees someone eating chips and mayo. My we had pizza. It's a hell worthy sin. We had pizza today, and my daughter's like, "Can we get ketchup and mayonnaise?" I was like, "No, you're not eating ketchup and mayonnaise with pizza in my home. But you, you're, you're not doing that." No, no, yeah. no man. Are you Absolutely one of these not. Savages that chucks out the garlic dip when you get a Domino's. 
Uh, no, Domino's is different. I don't eat Domino's. I try oh, not to eat it. I try not to eat. You got some of the dip in your mouth. Dip it in your mouth and chew it. That's yeah, what you dip it in. Nah, man, you've got to have a dip. You've got to have a dip. Yeah, you've got to have a dip for the crust. You go on the cunt pile. I do like a ketchup in my fries, but like I'm I'm partial to a wee barbecue sauce and a wee garlic mayo or a peri peri sauce, peri peri mayonnaise. Mark Miller says gravy, curry, garlic mayo. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to say broth. I'm going to say broth or dipping it in shit. Oh. Wait, what was the, uh, the question again? I'm dazed Dipping it in anything other than ketchup. Oh, okay. I'll go broth for that. Okay. Yeah. I won't okay. kill you for anything else. Yeah, broth. Yeah. Uh, what else we got here today? Um, Mommy got another show coming up in a couple of days. So we'll save for some of those. Yeah. I'll, I'll go this last <laughs> one because this is one I feel quite passionate about Radiohead. Oh, okay. Mm. Massively overrated. Ooh, interesting. I, 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 interesting. I, I can, they've got some really good songs, sure. but like for me, I just don't get it. I watched some of their Glastonbury set a few years ago, and mm. I just found it as the most self-indulgent drivel. And I've tried. I have tried to get through mm. their albums yeah, 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 a fair yeah. few times. And what do they sing? I don't even know what they uh, sing. They sing uh, Creep and I'm a Creep. Oh, yeah, I've had uh, that. Just, they've got, they've got fucking breaks tunes, but I just... For me, it's just a band that I've never clicked with. It's just never done it for me at all. Mm-hmm. Discuss. Andy, Matt. Well, they've got their place in it. Uh. I mean, I'm one of these guys. I remember when they were getting big around about 97, 98. I went to see them on the OK Computer Tour. Fucking one of the best gigs I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. A timeless classic of an album. And then it all suddenly went a wee bit downhill for me after that. Mm. But... I can still look at them and say, yeah, they've got their place. I understand why they're popular. Their first three albums are really, really important milestones in British alternative and indie music. I mm-hmm. genuinely believe that. Mm-hmm. Well, no matter what they've done since. Again, but like, Particularly sure. OK Computer. That I, I feel like it just, I just, feel like now as well, people who like them now are, must be trying really hard because the stuff that I've yeah, heard... but how many bands have you gotten into where they've already released, you know... 10 albums over the years and yeah. you get into something now and you go well that's an alright song and then yeah. what you discover is it was all the early stuff that you've yeah. never heard it's mm. I, had that, I, had that, I had that with Green Day I was I was at an age when American Idiot came out mm. and like got obsessed with that Vicky got crazy obsessed with Green Day and then discovered uh, you know all the early Green Day stuff because they'd been going from since the 90s as well you know and way before Dookie that was like Dookie in ni- Dookie, was like yeah. Nimrod right? and stuff like that yeah, yeah really good really mm. good punk you know yeah. uh, Radiohead I've there you go like whilst I definitely see myself as an eclectic guy I've never actually given I've never sat down and really given Radiohead much of a listen uh, I agree with you that even I know like there, there is an importance just in the same way mm. that we, with Nirvana or mm. that kind of that just alternative just doing something different you yeah. know there is an importance there I get why people might get a bit jaded by it though because mm. it does you can say that about anyway, you say that about David Bowie sometime yeah. you know Bowie went f- into phases and people were like what's, what's he doing but there's so many people that would consider some of Bowie's work like really important and influential but yeah oh I, I do but you know it's one of those things that I sit there and go yeah this is not really just my yeah, 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 cup yeah, of totally. tea man <laughs> no. I always like the song past, like, the 70s. Mm-hmm. Always anything like past this. the 70s for Bowie when he went a bit more electronic that's where I kind of mm-hmm. switch off from Bowie sure oh let's but, dance oh I suppose. Well, that's only a good song. Stevie Ray Vaughan's playing on. Yes, playing on at the that, very end. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I can be another a, another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It takes a lot to forgive him for dancing in the streets with Mick Jagger. Have um, you? Have you? Seen, please tell me. Seen the video when oh, it removed the audio. 
Fucking so weird. Move the audio. Oh, so they so they uh, they take the music video Dancing Street with David Bowie and Mick Jagger. Alright. They remove the actual like soundtrack and they put in as if there had been like a Foley artist there on the day recording them like like breathing and like you know, <laughs> so there's a watch when they're like right up like you know looking at it and they're like <sighs> <laughs> you know, and they put all of that in, and there's no music, and it's like three and a half. It's so it's it's it's, it's almost like a shred to an extent. Yes, but it's mm-hmm. kind of not a shred. It kind of is, but it is. It's an awesome video. You should check it out. So it's very funny. funny. Very yeah, funny. I'm going to say no for Radiohead for me is. Is there, is there any in the middle for a bra or not? There's no. nothing. No, no you have no. really. No, okay. no, no fence sitters on here. From like a point of view of me enjoying their music, I don't. So it's a no for me. Fair I like enough. a couple yeah. of the tracks, but for me, it's just it's not. This section's about being honest. It's about saying what you think, man. Mm-hmm. And it just be like, because everybody mm-hmm. else says they like it, you have to go with it. I'm going to say bra, even though I don't really listen to them mm-hmm. that much anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say no, nah, because I have no clue who they are. <laughs> I know who they are. I'll say, I'll say bra. I'll say bra because the I, I know for a fact, because I've watched a lot of videos on like their guitarists and stuff like that, the, the musicianship is... It's spectacular. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. I, I don't doubt their cultural importance, but from a personal perspective, it's just never clicked with me at all. Yeah, it's fair. To the point where I've ended up getting irritated. Well, oh, that's, that's, that's not good. That one's tied. So what was the what was the listener saying? They said it was... Uh, they didn't say, actually. Johnny Allen. It was Johnny Allen guy. I, I don't think he actually commented. So Johnny... Yeah, that, this, usually, one, this one's in the air. Yeah, yeah, usually, yeah, yeah. usually we go with the guests' vote if it's a tie, do we not? So that, mm. they, would, they would then go in the brawl of fame. Well, that works for me because I'm saying brawl. So. Let's, do, let's do one more. One more. We'll move uh, on, yeah. Let's have a look here. Do, 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 do. Anything good? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one's from PJ Macron. Uh, we'll just, just pull it back into Scottish one. This is a musical one as well. Drum and pipes bands, bra or no? I've seen a few Highland Games events and the highlight is the marching bands competition. Love me some bagpipes and drums. Total bra from me. I'm not... Hmm. I'm going to say bra because it needs, it needs to be good. Like I've seen a million pipe bands in my life and sometimes you're just like, yep, that's another pipe band playing a tuneless number on the bagpipes. But then mm-hmm. every now and again you'll get one where the drums are right in sync mm-hmm. and the bagpipes is playing something a little bit different. And the like the whole spectacle of it as well, like the marching and like this, the the bit even where the bass drums are just swinging the fucking mm-hmm. their uh, their sticks around, just if it looks good. So I'm going to say bra. Okay. Andy Mack, dropping a controversial <laughs> yeah, listen, one. Well, I mean, it's it's like it's one of these things. I think uh, you know, there's no really much differentiating between any of the, the songs that are performed at these mm-hmm. things. They could all be pretty much... I was thinking the same when I listened to Take the Floor on BBC Scotland. Oh, okay. I think they've been playing the six, yeah. same six records for about 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't if know. It Listen, sells. it's cultural. Yeah, it's part of my heritage and that, but I'm going to actually say uh, no. It's not something I particularly enjoy that much. Mm-hmm. The bagpipes are a fucking awful instrument. <laughs> um, they really are. They're not the best. Um, yeah, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm going to say I don't find it that enjoyable, but it's part of my culture and my heritage. Got I'm you. still going to say no. All right. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, that was, oh, yeah, Chris, for a fucking hell, man. Right. Come and me. Apologies. <laughs> and Mike, sorry. I would say for that specific thing, the drums, and I'd say no, because... No. I mean, the one that everyone goes for now is the Chili Pipers. Mm. And they've they've put this brand out, and they're great. Each musician, I actually know one one of the guys that's in, because there's not many people know, there's about 10 of them. Yeah. 
but so they can be playing in like Madrid and Edinburgh on the same night mm-hmm. you know just so they can just put them out and they just they just chop and change we need a drummer here or whatever you know mm-hmm. um, and they're amazing musicians but yeah like oh good oh here's them doing Avicii great you know like oh, I've got no time for that but mm. <laughs> Pipes there's a guy a local guy called Ross Ainsley who um, was taught by a guy called Gordon Duncan who totally revolutionised the bagpipes. He played, he found notes on bagpipes that folk didn't think that you could actually play. Mm -hmm. And he famously came out with a, he did a cover of Thunderstruck by ACDC on the pipes. Is that Gordy's old man? Yes. Yeah. And it, and it did, it changed bagpipes. It was like, oh, there's, there's, this this is not just take the floor. This is not just, you know. Yeah, because I I, was saying as well, just that I said, bro, I fucking hate Kayleigh's. Really? Oh, I like a Kaylee. Love a Kaylee. Scottish, love a Kaylee. Burn some calories no, in a Kaylee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it drives Megan up the wall because her pals all love a Kaylee and they like, do you want to go to this Kaylee? And I'm like, I'd rather stab myself in the ball. Really? Yeah, oh, but, man. I've been to a couple of Highland weddings where like they like they treat it seriously. Like You get a room full of like hardened strip the willowers. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be on your game or you are on that floor. It, it, like Literally, it, it's a point of contention. Like We've talked like all of our mates are getting married, so we've talked about weddings stuff and that and I was like there'll be no Kaylee music at our wedding she's like well I was like you know, I will fucking leave <laughs> I will leave my own wedding uh, oh, man. But, so would you say bro or not so I would say so Kaylee's not to Kaylee's yeah, no. no to so yeah that whole that, the point I was making was that yeah. like there's some great stuff with bagpipes and the, the guy Ross Ainsley uh, mm-hmm. that learnt from Gordon Duncan like he has done modern stuff he's put modern instrumentation underneath his bagpipe playing mm-hmm. and it's very tasteful and it's very good but then you have this other side of it where it is just dun, 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 it's whatever. just it's appealing to that that, uh, that shortbread. Oh look, yes, yeah. Oh look at this, it's it's it's, it's something that I know, yeah. but oh, it's on a bad page. No, look, mm. we're all dancing and uh, yeah. That could yeah. be the episode. Tyler. So I'd say, I'd say shortbread no. ten. Shortbread ten. Yeah. So you saying no? I'd say no for that. All right, I'll say bro. I like that. I, how come you Scottish people don't like Scottish shit? It seems look, like I, I do, but it's like see when I'm like this is for me when I'm out or if I'm at a wedding. Yeah. I want to dance myself. I don't want to get up and have to fucking strip the wool with fucking Auntie Betty with her moustache reeking of fucking Jameson's. You know what I mean? I'm not interested in that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want... I Sounds like a good time to meet, Aunt Betty. Give like, me a call. I, like, I, I think it's just like, I love a band at a wedding. I, like, I love a DJ at a wedding. It, either or, but as soon as the Kaylee music kicks in, it's the same like, I wonder this, I was at my cousin's wedding a few years ago and obviously Loch Lomond came on at the end mm-hmm. and I fucking... Hate yeah. Lock Woman with yeah. a passion. <laughs> so I snuck out for a fag, like I always do when this comes on at weddings. Mm-hmm. Stand there, and it was like so it was my cousin's wedding. So out comes my mum. I was like, What are you doing? She goes, ah, I fucking hate Lock Woman. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it in. Yeah, I was like, Cheers, mum. Yeah. Right, um, so that was Bra No for this, this session. Bra No, spirited round. There was a spirit Bra No. Good discussion. So, should we jump into a little bit of what we've been watching? What have we been watching? Watching what have you been watching or listening to this week? Well, listen, this is what you've been watching and listening to this week. So yeah. Michael's going to kick us off with what he's been up to. Yeah, so uh, I said I was on a Kanye West <coughs> ban for a while, but um, he was on David Letterman's new show uh, saw that, yeah. on uh, Netflix. Is that my next guest? Yeah, and it was it was pretty good. I mean, he seemed pretty normal. Well, not as normal as Kanye West Medicaid. could be. Yeah, and he, he talks about that. I kind of felt bad. I kind of walked away from that feeling bad for him a bit just because he, he he's acknowledging he does have some mental issues I, now I, and he I doesn't try, want help. I try and lay off. I mean, he's, he's, he's an idiot. 
And I think he's, again, he's one of these people that's been surrounded by yes-men. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't think he's very mentally well. No, he's not. So, I also just doesn't... Uh, did you see the... Can he does the Kanye's choir? Yeah, I video see popped up on my timeline of him, him as choir doing Soul to Soul Back to Life. No. Oh, fuck her, man. Was it good? Oh, so I'll play it afterwards. It was fucking yeah. sensational. Sorry, continue. Uh, I watched two and a half of the three of the Black Mirrors. I've only seen the Miley Cyrus one. Oh, okay. Um... We're gonna because the one of them is a little racy. We'll get into that into the uh, which one, um, the video game one. We're gonna get into that because okay. it's a good it's a good kind of brain fuck a little bit. <laughs> so um, we'll, we'll talk about that in the in the Patreon. But uh, from the two that I saw, so I saw the video game one. I saw the one uh, with the guy that kidnapped somebody. I don't want to get give any spoilers, mm. but there will be spoilers in the Patreon. Um, oh, don't because I've not seen it. You can't spoil it. Ah, oh, fuck. I have to hold on to that until Thursday. Ah, oh, I'm terrible. gonna watch them tonight. So just give me a fucking break. Um, I'll give it a seven. Yeah, yeah. I I like them. I like Black Mirror. I I went on a bit of a binge recently. Yeah. And just because I've always watched them sporadically, because mm-hmm. I hadn't seen them, but Megan had seen them all. So I watched the ones on her recommendation, and then recently I've kind of went into them just by myself. Mm. And there's something about the pure bleakness of it that's quite addictive. Yeah, because at least I think we've talked about it before, like a lot of stuff they get the happy ending, mm-hmm. so it's quite not nice, but it's it's quite engaging to know how you feel when there's not a happy ending mm-hmm. or it is super bleak or what you're watching is just fucking like. I thought you meant bleak visually because I find that, and I think that they do that purposely to kind of make it seem like no one is paying attention to what's around them because they're looking in that black mirror. Mm-hmm. So when you look in the backgrounds, it's just very, I mean, we see it every day here in Scotland, but in the places that they shoot it at, it may just be like, it just seems like very dim and, and bleak, the, as you guys there's, would say. There's the one I watched just recently is called Shut Up and Dance about the guy who gets blackmailed with a video of himself ripping the heat off it. Yes, and the whole. T- oh, have you seen, is everyone going to watch I've, it? I do watch Black Mirror. Never seen it. Well, well, spoilers, just anyone. So the whole time, like he basically, the people who are blackmailing him make him do all this creepy shit, mm-hmm. and um, you kind of feel sorry for this really shy retiring kid. Mm-hmm. And then right at the end, you find out that he's a pedo. Oh, That's the shit that he was yeah. watching when he was videoing. You're just like, just flips it on its head, mm-hmm. and it is. Just bleak as fuck, but the, the acting's brilliant, the storytelling's brilliant. Like, mm-hmm. Charlie Brooker's a fucking genius. Mm-hmm. Like, not all the episodes are winners, but... Most all, of them all, are, All of them are just yeah. interesting stories. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, so I'll give it a seven. Plus, I thought Miley Cyrus well, was really good in the one that I watched. I've only seen half of that one, yeah. But mm-hmm. from what I've seen, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, time for Miley. Uh, and also, um, I listened to Future's new album. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's okay. called Save Me, and it, it it quite sounds like he's needs to be saved, <laughs> like because he's on a lot of drugs and his family's being taken away from him, whatever. But it's just not a really good album. Can I get a rating, please? Ah, uh, three. <laughs> Generous. <laughs> Generous. It's poor. Well, it is. It I've is heard poor. bits and bobs that it's. That I always thought he was just. I, I don't understand what's wrong with his voice. It's auto tune. Well, no, I know it's auto tune, <laughs> but no, it's like the way he speaks. He's like. Oh, that's Celine. Whatever the fuck he was yeah, doing. Yeah, he but sounds like saying, fuck, man. Yeah, he's just... It's, I don't... I never really... Under, he has, like, three good songs. Like, I never really understood the big thing about Future, but... You know, I think I was looking at him. The, the kids like mask him. off. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's a good tune. Like yeah, that one. that's good. But because of the, the sample that they use. Mm-hmm. The sample sucks. Sounds like a fucking video game, you know? Yeah. I like a flute sample. <laughs> good hip-hop breaks, so a, a well-dug-out bit of flute. 
Yeah. yeah. Some flute. Is, yeah. Honestly, so so many classic beats made over the years with flutes mm-hmm. holding it holding Look, it down, uh, man. J five. Yeah. Improvise. Yeah. So many great flute samples over the years. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that could be a whole two hours on its own. <laughs> <laughs> Got anything else there, Mikey? No, go ahead. Crack um, on. I finished watching Chernobyl. Which on, thing? I've been, we've, uh, we've, we've, we've been thinking about watching that. It's, it's good, fucking, it's, it's good. so good, man. Like, um, I just thought the, the casting was sensational. Yeah. Like, I didn't realise until, they, there's a lot of articles on that will show the side-by-side of the characters that you see and the people they've got to play them. Wow. There was a whole thread on Twitter which I was about to panic that was going to ruin the whole thing for me, but it was someone who knew what it was like to grow up in the Soviet Ukraine at oh. the time. And apparently, like, the design, the way it looked, the way people spoke was yeah. bang on. Wow. Like, it was just, it was mental to see how monumentally fucking wrong it went. It's crazy. And the bit that got me is that like, the official death toll is still only 37. That's all, that's the Soviets are sticking to that, that only 37 people died as a result of what happened. What do you think about it becoming a tourist destination now? Kind yeah, I've of. seen that. I've seen I a few it, of these package holidays. It's, yeah. it's been like that for a while. A mate of mine, Ross, when he was studying up at uh, Perth College, they'd done a field trip to Pripyat. Because mm-hmm. obviously just the, the effects of like a, like a, an abandoned place and the acoustics and things like that. So oh, cool. I'd be quite interested to see it. Johnny, just to sort of see... Ross know. went to study the archaeoacoustical properties of certain environments within Chernobyl. Really fascinating subject to focus your research on. So mm-hmm. Why would that think- differ any, anyway? <clears throat> like, because... Of what happened, I don't want. To, how would that affect? Any... I don't know. I never read his research paper, oh, okay. mate. I just, just know he went out I, there. To I think it's the same reason. Do impulse responses, basically. So that means going into environments like this room and popping mm. a balloon or firing a starting pistol and then recording that. And what you're capturing is the explosion of of the gun or the balloon. Yeah. And then capturing the decay of that as well. So then you could make a virtual. Um, Essentially a virtual space. So if I wanted to make a reverb type that was based on an old oil can out in Ukraine, if I take an impulse response of it, I can make and, and replicate a reverb of you in that environment. Does that make sense? Like uh, trying I to break it down? And, I know what you mean. Yeah. But so. like, um, I think as well, like, with it becoming a tourist destination, it's like places of historical significance. Like people go and see Auschwitz. When they go, yeah, around, that's you know the first I mean? thing I thought. Yeah. You know I mean? So it's, mm-hmm. it's that type of thing is like being able to actually see where this like there's one thing that's happened. This when it when it, the first time it really went fucking first and only time it went catastrophically wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and people at the time like spoilers, I suppose, but like <laughs> the way that they, they they only had this one guy or this one main guy who sort of really understood at the time how bad this was. Because mm-hmm. people didn't understand how, if it did go wrong, how wrong it could go. The ramifications like, of it, yeah. The, the cancer spike around the world in '86 can be tied back to that. There's even rumblings that uh, people born in '86 may have been affected by this, as far as the UK. That's not. You know I mean, like, in, yeah, in, I remember my mum telling me she's saying when it happened uh, that everybody just started buying powdered milk. Yeah, because you couldn't, you didn't want to buy milk or anything like that, even in this country. Because of the fallout that would be carried throughout the atmosphere. Well, there was, yeah. there was like mm-hmm. that, that's, mm-hmm. it, that's true, the man. The bit that goes on when they realise that it could start to go into the ground 
mm-hmm. and the water supply, which was used by everyone, half yeah. a million people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 harrowing to watch. Like there's bits where they got the firefighters in the hospital and they had to take all their gear off. Yeah. That stuff is still in the basement of the hospital because it's too radioactive. You can't touch it. Yeah. To go near. It was crazy that in spoilers, uh, anyone who hasn't watched it, but when the lady goes into the hospital to see her husband who's a firefighter, she was pregnant. And they were like, we told you not to come in Touch here. Like, that, why yeah. are you in here? That bitch fucking annoying yeah. me. But it, is, it was, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to give that a solid nine bananas because it was wow. just... Ooh, I pray. The thing is, it was only six episodes. It didn't glorify it. It didn't... It used... It, it, was, it was all true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one thing they changed was instead of the 40 scientists that they had working on a solution, they put that all into one character because they couldn't obviously write for 40 people. So sure. they, the, only non, the only non-fiction character is this woman, and she is the scientist, and she's representative of all the scientists mm-hmm. that helped the main guy. Yeah. But the rest of these characters are bang on. And it's like, obviously, the Soviet Union is probably renowned for not telling shit. But you know what I mean? Sure. This is probably the best st- version of the truth that anyone's going to get. And yeah. it, was, it was amazing to watch. Like, so... I've heard reports actually folks saying it was just a glorified extension of one that BBC had produced around about five or six years ago um, and that everything you needed to know was actually in the BBC one. This one had all been drawn out and yeah. was, I tarted dramatized. For, dramatized for obvious reasons. But yeah, you know. it's, 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 just, it just want to, to throw that engaging, out there. It was yeah, I, th- I thought it was brilliant. Um, I listened to... Fuck Logic's new album, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Mm, what do you think? Oh, fucking brain. I just, I'm. You like, like Logic, yeah. I, I'm, but I've just, Logic has just come out of nowhere for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to give that a, a solid seven and a half. Um, we've only listened to it once, so I'm trying to wheel it in because you know when something's brand new, you're like, this is brilliant. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> bit of Logic. And that's it. From, oh, one last thing. I listened to the Empire Film Podcast that had um, Marcus and McFeely and the. What's the boys that directed Endgame? The brothers. The Russo brothers. The Russo brothers. Yeah. It was an interview with them two um, and the, the script developers as well. And that was really interesting. Just because I love those films so much, it was quite mm. interesting to hear the creative process and find out how far back they decided the fate of these characters. Like the, yeah. the idea board was decided as far back as 2015, mm. which I blew my mind that these people have been sitting on this for f- <coughs> fucking four years before it hit. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I was, I was really worth, well worth a listen. Can I just go back? I, I forgot one thing. It was because it wasn't a TV show. It was something I saw on Twitter. Um, it's called uh, Actors on Actors. Uh, it's a porn movie. No, um, yeah. it's Don Cheadle interviewing Sasha Baron Cohen. Well, they're interviewing each other, kind of oh, uh, nice. for Variety. Well, and, Don Cheadle. He played uh, Miles Davis in the biopic. Oh, did he? He, he like fund. He bankrolled. He he wanted that movie to get. Nobody would like bankroll it, so he did a fundraiser. So did oh, that's good. And he, him, played, yeah. and he plays him. It's a very very good movie. I'll check that out. Yeah. Nice. Um, but he just asked Sasha Baron Cohen about his all the roles that he played, and mm. um, and just quickly he tells a story about for his most recent show. Uh, I think it's called like, We Are America or This Is America, and he sits down with. Uh, uh, Who's the old vice president? Bush's vice president, not uh, Rumsfeld. Dick Cheney. Yeah. Sits down with Dick Cheney, uh, and he's dressed up in all this shit and all this makeup, and he he's playing like an Israeli kind of special ops special guy, ops yeah. guy. Yeah. So before he's going, he's getting all this makeup on, and he tells the guy who's playing, who's mimicking, he's like, "Tell me everything that you know," and uh, and he says how that that helped him out because when he sat down with Dick Cheney, he was like, "You can just feel how smart he is," and he's like, "As soon as my ass hit the chair, he goes." Don't roll anything yet. He goes, tell me your background. 
and he just said everything that the, the Israeli guy had told him mm-hmm. about like an hour ago and wow. he was like oh alright that's cool it just it lucked out that way and he said like everyone who all his crew that were filming everything they were just kind of like oh shit because they didn't know that he had all yeah. this information and they're filming they're like oh shit he's gonna, he's gonna get him out of here and, and he just started spewing all this stuff that he had heard about an hour ago <laughs> And it got him out of it. It got him the interview. One, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Crazy. Are like yeah. next level. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I'll post a link to it on the Facebook page. Um, but it's, it's, I think it's about 20 minutes. So quick watch, but it's very good. Mm. Okay. Chris, yourself? Um, how I we we're always late to the to the game with a lot of things. Chris and I don't rewatch TV as such. We just kind of we'll wait someone on Netflix. Maybe mm-hmm. we just watched The Bodyguard. I've still oh, not finished it. I haven't seen any of it. No. It was because because I I'm really I, you, you might get it at work. I get a lot of work when there's people and all they talk about is kind of mm. it's, it's constant every day. Like, oh, I've been watching this, been watching that, and it's it gets a bit jarring sometimes. It puts me off what, wanting to see stuff sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm like, oh, like they, they go into so much detail. It kind of spoils it for me anyway. But anyway, they hadn't really talked about it, and I'm a big fan of uh, your man uh, and I. I've forgotten his name now. I know you mean the, um, the Scottish guy. If you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Richard someone. Anyway. Richie. Uh, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like, really, really well done. Uh, really highlights uh, how easy it is to stereotype, how we, especially in the UK, I mean, it happens all over the world, but, like, mm-hmm. we do it really easily, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really a spoiler. There's a, one of the aides to one of the politicians is, uh, is a Muslim, and... The, there's another aide uh, that is kind of having to help the guy quite a lot. The guy keeps making mistakes. And the other guy who's white and privileged basically turns around to him at one point and just says, like, let's not beat around the bush as to why you're here. You're here because when you go on the camera standing next to her, like, mm-hmm. you, you're you appealing to a demographic. Mm-hmm. And it, and he just then you know the door shuts. He's kind of left standing in the corridor, like oh gee. And it's brutal, but it's true, and it's it's crazy, you know. That's like yeah. when the Tories do something; they always wheel out the black Tory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just say, look, I'm here yeah, too. Yeah, 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 well, we yeah. got one too. Yeah, Come on. yeah, yeah. How can they possibly be racist? Yeah, I get yeah, yeah. to sit with Come them on. all the time. Yeah, totally, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But uh, so it really it was very very clever. It, it's been it's heightened drama and stuff like mm. that. But uh, it really touched really well on on uh, on those kind of. Issues. I don't know. You, you mm. could go into a whole discussion about all that kind of That's stuff. That's another but, podcast for another yeah, time. Yeah, totally. But yeah, bodyguard <laughs> for sure. Uh, would you give it a, out of ten bananas? I would give it. A, I'd give it an eight. I give it an eight. Oh, Solid right. banana score. Um, and also a podcast uh, that I called Monkey Sword Fight. Yeah, we know. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was. <laughs> that was uh, the one. I was, it's called Thirty Minutes to the Moon. Produced by the BBC, um, and it is uh, music by Hans Zimmer. Which is crazy. Anything that man touches. There's a really cool thing in the composing world, which is uh, called PZ Post Zimmer, and it's like people refer to it. And it is. It's a way that people compose music for uh, film or trailers or these kind of things. And there's a way that it sounded before Hans Zimmer came on the scene, and there's a way that it sounds after. <laughs> it's totally true. You'll know what I'm talking about, Andy. It's crazy. Okay. Uh, but it's it's great. It's, you, the guy's influential. I've seen it's, Andy's face light up when we have a musical guest on because yeah. he's like, finally, I don't have to talk to these two fucking idiots. All <laughs> <laughs> right. But the uh, but yeah the so the theme but even that like it's he must have been, I, I don't know what he got paid to do this ninety second theme it would be mental mm. but. It, he didn't. It's classic heavy. It's amazing. It's mm. ninety seconds of pure amazing theme music, you know. Yeah. And it, the and it perfectly sets up the podcast where the guy looks into the thirty minutes 
leading up to them touching down on the, for the first moon landing mm-hmm. um, and observing everything, all the politics that went on behind the, like the whole space race. Mm-hmm. Um, and he himself worked at NASA, worked at the Kennedy, worked at, in Florida for, for years as a, as a scientist. And he interviews, he doesn't get the, some of the big, but he, he interviews Michael Collins, who was the third astronaut who stayed up in the lunar module while Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin went down to the surface. He stayed in the kind of control, mm-hmm. the mothership. Uh, he interviews him and, and, and you really, he, he, you get to know individually the people that are in that room. And he's got all the archive of all the, uh, of all the recordings of, of ground control talking mm. to, talking to uh, Apollo 11. And by episode like three, you know, every voice that is like, he goes into the real background of these people, who they were and, like the majority of the people that were in that room were like I think the average age was like 28 they were all just like young guys that didn't know what they were you know this is new stuff you know like Mm -hmm. nobody totally and like these kids just didn't know what they were doing but like you know so it's really it's it's not finished yet they're doing it like week by week Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we're on episode like four or five but yeah 13 minutes to the moon it's really really immersive podcast like guy does a really good job um, Check that out. Yeah, it was a good work pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And music, uh, Sting. Oh, okay. Lord, the Lord Almighty. Like I'm a huge Sting fan. Uh, he recently released an album called My Songs, um, and it's. I'd be interested to hear what you guys think on it because it it's he's re-released basically. It's like a greatest hits album, mm-hmm. but he has re-recorded all oh. of the songs. It's not just a greatest hits. He has gone in and he's re-recorded, and some of them. Uh, he he does a perfect little little paragraph. He explains like why he's done it, basically, mm-hmm. or how he's done it. Sorry, uh, but it's kind of like some of them are very true to the original. Like he's really tried to make them sound like the original yeah. because the guy's pushing seventy now. Really, he must be a fair age. Like, but he's still he's he fucking you see him gigging now, man. He's still like he's built. He's in shape. His yeah. voice is still amazing. But there's some songs that he has really tried to like really update really put them in a modern contemporary context I was just going to ask you was it a case of updating them or do you think it was more of a case of them going back to the perhaps demo versions that they originally sure. were or the original versions is how they were funnily enough they were some of them in a weird way and I don't know how he's done it he's actually dated them more there's an amazing mm. song called uh, If You Love Somebody Set Them Free one of my favourite Sting songs and on the, the album that he released that on, it's got a real timeless feel. It's a great mix. It's a great instrumentation arrangement. And the version that he's done on this new album, he adds in proper... <laughs> and, it, and it dates it. It instantly... There's something that then just makes it sound a bit dated, uh-huh. like kind of as if he's trying to say, what have I done this in the early 2000s? Or what have mm. I done? It doesn't sound... Yeah. And it's the same with, he does Every Breath You Take. And there's something about the, the thing that makes Every Breath You Take special is because he's like young when he did it. Mm. His voice is just amazing on it. Now he's just an old dude. Yeah. I, I would always say it was Andy Summers' guitar playing that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> same, with walking, the same, most, yeah. same with Walking on the Moon. Walking I was just going to ask you, I've just pulled up the track list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking on the Moon is one of my... I mean, that's, that's, in, in, one of my, in my opinion, is one of the one of the all-time great mm. songs because you it's like you're walking on the moon it's yeah. very clever the, the song but again um he's tried to do it and because it may be just the age of his voice i don't know it just doesn't quite it hold doesn't up. quite hit the mark but there's some on there that are really 
really good. And I think I and I was trying. I was discussing this with a mate of mine as to why he's done it because it, it's not a cash grab because he's sting. Yeah, he's minted. There's that's not an issue. Mm. I think what it is is that he is. There's a generation of kids now that do not know the impact that sting has had mm-hmm. as an artist. You say legacy. Sting, they probably think the they're a wrestler. Yeah. The guy with the bat and the trench coat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He even can if, sing. Even if they even think about Sting, Johnny, I mean, that's a fairly dated reference. <laughs> yes, true. Yeah. For folk as well. yeah. Two yeah. things with that. Uh, Apollo 13, another Tom Hanks movie. Did we mention that mm-hmm. in the Tom Hanks thing? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. we did. All right. Very briefly. Um, Great movie. Every breath you take, if you've, have you watched The Sopranos? No. In in season three, they do a, a kind of a mix with every breath you take and um, what's that? Doon 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 doon. Yes. And they, they mix Blues that. Brothers, it, yeah. I look for it on the internet all the time. Like, I think I haven't yeah, been able to I find it. I know what it is. It's from uh, season three, episode one. Uh, with a bug in the house. Yeah. Seconds, really, really okay, good yeah. mix of that. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. If okay. I can find it, I'll look again. If I can find it, I'll put it on the Facebook page. So what are you giving that out of 10? So I would give it a... S- I'd give it a six because what he's tried, like I say, I think by putting some of these songs, like even just uh, some of the songs, it's just the mix is a lot more what you would expect in a song nowadays. So it's Mm -hmm. very, the the drums are are there, you know, the Mm -hmm. bass is, is, is high up because that's what people like, you know, Mm -hmm. and a song brand new day, um, which is, it's got Stevie wonder playing harmonica on it. It's amazing. Um, but the new of this My Songs version is, as I say, it's bass heavy, it's drum heavy, so that if you were to put that on in a club, it's going to cut through the same way that modern tracks do. You mm. put the original Brand New Day on, it's not going to, it's, mm. it's just going to get lost. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot of the case for that. So it's him trying to, I guess, connect with kind of another generation uh, you know, people that are maybe they're not lucky enough to like their parents or maybe fans and let them listen to it you know mm-hmm. yeah. or have no idea who the police are you yeah. know or to get that kind of thing mm-hmm. so that's probably say, I definitely recommend giving it a listen yeah. Uh, yeah, and, then, and then going and listen going down, the original, going down yeah. and listening to Sting and listen to the original yeah. stuff that's a good know? idea Okay. Um, thank, so, yeah. you, thank you, Andy. Andy just sent me the link. <laughs> nice one. Well, what was it's a classic episode that where the boiler breaks. Yeah, and, and they're, they're bugging the house. They're trying, yeah. to bug, they're trying to bug the basement because everybody goes downstairs to <laughs> have the conversations. Now we'll get Andy, Mark. What have you been up to this week, sir? Fucking hell, boys. I've got notes here, haven't I? <laughs> uh, no, not a lot. Uh, been listening to a bit of uh, Dat Kid's new album produced by Leaf Dog. Yes, it's good. Dat Kid's a good MC. Leaf Dog and anybody who knows who he is might think this is a bad thing to say but I think he's massively overrated anyway <laughs> moving on Ocean Wisdom been listening to a bit of him been listening to some more Childish Gambino been listening yeah, to some hey. of our friends The Go Boy hey. I've been running their two CDs in the car I think I said this last week but they really remind me of a band that I loved called Helmet so if the boys are listening to this then that's what that's what they remind me of um, King and the Sting podcast Hitting that still. Yeah, still hitting that. Too many dudes and too many bros for me. Bro, this oh, dude. dude. Oh, bro, bro. I, I, don't I, touch me, bro. I feel no, it's okay, love, dude. I feel like I love quite quickly with that because it was funny watching the two of them it roast each other, but like, it goes a bit... I had the same issue with the fighter and the kid that after a while it's just a bit like... Two of the same content, but... Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit bro, bro, dude, heavy for me at times. Um, dude, heavy. But uh, yeah, there's uh, dude, heavy, dude, dude heavy. heavy. Uh, UFC two thirty eight the weekend, which was outrageously good, man. Uh, Henry Cejudo is a two weight world champion. Champ, champ. Valentino Shevchenko 
marked this bird with one of the sickest head kick KOs. Yo, the fucking sound when a shin hit her in the head, man. Ooh, it's just like, ooh. And then my boy, Tony fucking Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Just Soft went, cowboy, didn't he? Well, cowboy blew his nose, didn't it? So he had his nose broken and then he went back to his corner, but he stupidly went like that, tried to clear his nose because of that. Then all the air gets up the passage there and basically his inflated eyes. his eye oh, and shut his eye. No. Stupid, stupid thing to do. You don't. For a, for a guy, guess, a is veteran, it, it's, 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 But do you think it's just like an instinct thing? Must, like, your, like a bodily instinct that like you need to do that? No, that's what you're always taught as a fighter. You don't <sighs> blow your nose for that reason because yeah. then that way. Well, he said, I'm silly because he ended up apologising to Tony Ferguson. Like, I'm, I'm sorry about this. Man. Shit. Rookie mistake. So, yeah, that was a bit of a bummer, but my boy Tony Ferguson won through. Go and look at that guy's record. Go and look at the fucking killers that he's taken out mm. in that division and tell me that guy doesn't deserve a title shot. Big up Tony Ferguson. So, yeah, that was that. Uh, what else have I been listening to? Or I can't really think on the fly just now. Obviously, I haven't watched fuck all because I don't watch TV. Played a bit of FIFA. Of course, yeah. Yeah, and today's actually the first day of um, I'm not teaching anymore. That's me finished teaching for the year. Nice. Obviously, exams are all done. So, yeah, classification and everything's all definitely confirmed. Um, so I'm now on holiday. So I'm kind of yeah. a little golf. bit of a loss. Yeah, I'm going to go and play some golf later this week. Um, but I'm just, I think I'm going to go and have like a week, maybe even two weeks, where I don't take on any sessions. I don't take on any work. I'm not doing anything i'm literally just gonna have two weeks where i shut up you deserve that shit, so, so to speak oh, yeah. um yeah. shut up shop for a couple of weeks and um, like you say we're way to buy a new house so we're about to build a new studio so at the moment you know i'm not really in a great place to be doing a huge amount of sessions and that anyway so i'm gonna yeah that's what i'm doing i'm selling this that's oh, why i'm yeah, selling yeah. this place so there's a couple Is of places sold? No, not Oh, yet. okay, I was going to say, I was like, what do we miss yeah, No, no, but there was a guy who wanted to put an offer in, but his offer wasn't what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it came to the crunch, he decided to go and buy someplace else because they accepted his pissy, measly Dick. little offer. Dick. So I didn't get it set last week. But yeah, so I'm going to just have a couple of weeks. So I might watch some stuff. Yeah, go, back, <laughs> go back through the episodes and see what we've recommended. There, there's a good chance I might log on to my mum's Netflix and <laughs> yeah. go and have a fucking We'll shoot you over some things to watch. Yeah, yeah. Sure, well, do you know, I never finished watching that one, the guy that worked in the books, the bookstore. You? The what? creepy stalker guy. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, me? You love that guy. No, no, no it's no. called you. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Don't get defensive there, son. Because <laughs> I would have done it so much better than he did it, right? No. <laughs> but uh, no, that's pretty much it. Um, I can't really think of anything off the fly. Plus we're... Oh, fucking two hours, know, ten minutes. Again? We've still got to do the oh Patreon shit. We've got to get a Patreon in tonight, so I think right, we better we'll wrap, wrap this shit up. up. <laughs> right, thank you again to our wonderful guest, Chris Small. Do you want to shout out your social medias and such? Uh, yeah, just uh, at Chris Small Music on all of your things, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, um, all that kind of stuff. We will share all the links out on the page. We do. Uh, thank you to this week's sponsor again, Stevie Max Skate School. Hit up Stevie Max Skate School on the old Puss Jotter. The pus jarter, yeah. No. Get your kids skating. Yeah. It, it's the weather. It, well, it was nice it's today. Most yeah. of it's coming into it. Um, I am on Twitter at Wagwan Patrice. We are uh, on Facebook, Podbean, and Spotify, Monkey Sword Fight Podcast. Yeah, search for Monkey Sword Fight on all platforms. Uh, I am at underscore M dots. The show's on Twitter. Uh, MSF underscore podcast That's yes. correct, yes. And you can find me on Twitter At Macapella Once again Thank you very much for listening Thank you again to Chris Cheers Take care Peace, Peace.